podcast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. So, I was mentioning to Jonathan Lace that I did live in the region of the country in which he currently resides in New Jersey, but I am now in Arizona and enjoying weather where right now it's 94 degrees in the shade. See? Silence. He didn't want to respond to that because he's jealous. Jonathan Lace is the PR officer for the Scientific Coalition for UAP Studies. These are people who look at the UFO mystery scientifically, no wackadoodle stuff. Straight, serious, and now UFOs and UAPs are big news. Hardly a day passes where I don't hear something. Like the other day we hear, for example, that Luis Elizondo, who was the fellow who headed up or supposedly headed up that Pentagon project that was funded in the early 2000s through the work of Senator Harry Reid and some others, he has apparently filed a complaint with the Inspector General at the Pentagon because they've been attacking him personally, Mm. claiming that he didn't hold that position. Do you ever follow stuff like that, Jonathan, or does SCU try to stay out of that nonsense? Uh, Yeah. Hi, Gene. So, yeah, that's uh, that's certainly in the news uh, past, I guess, maybe week, week and a half. The Scientific Coalition for UAP Studies is focused on the you know, scientific research and analysis of UAP, commonly called UFO. Generally, I mean, while certainly our members no doubt have their own individual opinions of that, we try to steer clear of political controversy slash drama unless it directly impacts our work. So, for example, we have released statements in the past that call for the federal government to release all available data. In that sense, we've released a political statement, but only as it concerns our work. I seriously doubt would you know that we would ever release a statement on you know the Inspector General investigation at the Pentagon involving Lou Elizondo. Well, at least he keeps his name in the public light. Sure. Yeah, no doubt. Yep, he certainly does. Kind of unfortunate in one way. On the other hand, why should he have his reputation sullied? It's not fair for anyone. But looking at this now, you guys have released this report of what, close to 270 pages. Yes. And this is scientific paper. You know, look at the title, a forensic analysis of Navy carrier strike group 11's encounter with an anomalous aerial vehicle. That's a Nimitz encounter, folks. This is a very detailed report. Can you give our listeners kind of the background of how you put this thing together? Sure. So a lot of the research that went into this study was actually conducted before December 16th, 2017. Um, And that's the date, as I'm sure your listeners know, when the New York Times published their really groundbreaking article about Lou Elizondo, the ATIP program, and the efforts of the federal government to study UFOs uh, using the term UAP. A lot of the research for this study was actually conducted before that. This study was really based on uh, three things. Um, It was based on the testimony of 29 uh, witnesses 
that were, uh, you know, a part of the, the Nimitz encounter. Uh, there were 20, I believe, 20 primary witnesses that went on the record, Twenty, uh, and then five secondary witnesses, and then four witnesses that chose to remain anonymous. And that report is currently on our website. That's www.explorescu.org. And so the report was based on the testimony of the witnesses. Uh, the second part of that was the content of four official Navy documents, which were obtained after a long, very lengthy uh, back and forth between one of our board members and the Department of Defense and the Navy and even the Marine Corps. And all that correspondence is detailed in, the, in one of the appendices at the end of the report. So that was the second component. And then the third component was the um, analysis of the video that was released and published by the Department of Defense. Uh, that video has come to be known as Tic Tac. And that video was obtained by crew, an air crew, uh, flying F-18s uh, from the Nimitz, who I believe were sent out after David Traver and Alex Dietrich and their air crews when they first encountered it. So the report really was based on those three major components. How did you guys come to learn of this case? So the SCU first came to learn of this case um, through um, uh, one of our board members um, who happened to, I think, hear about this case on a, uh, on a, uh, on a forum online that was devoted to, uh, you know, fighter pilots. And the, the board member reached out, and from that, he got the names of some of the participants involved. And it sort of started from there. Uh, and again, this was before, um, you know, December 16th, 2017. So you had a couple of legs up on that report then? Um, in that sense, Yes. Did you meet any opposition in getting information? Uh, in terms of opposition, I did mention the fact that there was some back and forth between one of our board members and the Department of Defense and the Navy, uh, and that's all laid out in one of the appendices of the report. Uh, but in terms of opposition, most of the witnesses were willing to talk on the record. Um, there were four who wanted to remain anonymous, um, but that's, that's the only opposition that I know of. Now, when it comes to the photos and the analysis, I heard an interview with a skeptic on Chris Cuomo's CNN nightly commentary, where he was basically trying to find holes in these videos, saying, well, this is conventional, this is parallax, this is this, this, that, and the other thing. But looking at it in general, how do you separate visual sightings, radar sightings from videos and make them into separate things? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I, I think I did see that clip with Chris Cuomo. And I guess all I could say is this, is that, um, you know, we believe in taking an open-minded approach. Um, and we believe that the evidence that uh, exists and the conclusions that we've reached in our study, um, you know, lead to really only one conclusion, and that, and that is simply that there's no known technology um, 
you know, from Earth that can do what these, uh, you know, these Tic Tacs, in the case of the Nimitz, uh, were doing. Um, and, and, you know, it, it's, it's, it's um, a very, very, I think, short leap from that conclusion for some people automatically to, well, it has to be, you know, in that case, it has to be extraterrestrial. Uh, that's certainly, you know, a, a, a valid hypothesis. Um, it, it could be, you know, some uh, um, up till this point uh, unknown uh, human technology. Um, we don't know is, is the simple answer. Uh, so we we try to we try to stick to a methodology uh, that remains open minded to all the possibilities. And we certainly don't want to prejudge any case. All of the positive statements I've seen from former government officials, we have two former heads of the CIA, Brennan, Woolsey. We have John Podesta. We have former DNI Radcliffe. They all seem to stop ahead of the off-world origin. You know, they say, look, it's something that we can't explain. They do things that our aircraft can't do, but they avoid saying off-world. They stick away from it. They stop at that threshold. We've got Jonathan Lace. Of course, he's with SCU, and we're talking about the Nimitz UFO or UAP encounter and more to come with Gene and Randall. You're in the Paracast. Hey, listeners. I want you to have the entire Paracast experience. So I'd like to tell you about After the Paracast. After the Paracast is an exclusive feature for subscribers to the Paracast Plus. With After the Paracast, you never know what's going to happen next. After the Paracast features color commentary, special interviews, and further conversations with Paracast guests. With Paracast Plus, you can download a very special enhanced version of the Paracast also. We do offer exclusive music, videos, and more features are coming. To get more info about subscribing, please visit theparacast.plus. Once again, theparacast.plus. Prices are just $1.50 a week, less than a cup of coffee at your local convenience store. Check out theparacast.plus to learn more about Paracast Plus. If you feel America is facing more dangers than ever, you're right. Things are falling apart, it seems, every day. That's why you need to prepare for more of the unexpected, especially food shortages. When people panic, grocery stores run out of food fast. Would you survive without food for days, weeks, even months? The smart folks are buying emergency food now. Take a moment to shop MyPatriotSupply.com. We're America's leader in preparedness. With over a dozen years' experience, My Patriot Supply has earned over 40,000 four-star and five-star reviews. Our delicious, calorie-rich food averages 2,000 calories per day and lasts in storage up to 25 years, so it's there when you need it. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com, order a kit or two, and we'll ship quickly and discreetly to your door. Don't wait for something bad to happen again. Rather, be more self-reliant and prepared. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com. MyPatriotSupply.com.
Join me, George Norrie, for Contact in the Desert Worldwide Virtual UFO Conference, June 25th to the 28th. Contact in the Desert will be an epic weekend of exploration into UFOs, ancient alien civilizations, consciousness, AI, crop circles, and cutting-edge science. More than 130 presentations, 67 speakers, and two extra weeks to view our extraordinary lineup. Get your tickets today at contactinthedesert.com. It's time to make contact. Contactinthedesert.com. The old way of living with diabetes is a pain. You've got to remember to do your testing, and you always need to be sticking your fingers. The new way to live your life with diabetes is with a continuous glucose monitor. You simply apply a discreet, easy-to-use sensor on your body, and it continuously monitors your glucose levels, helping you spend more time in range and freeing you from painful finger pricks. If you test your blood sugar at least four times per day and inject insulin at least three times per day or use an insulin pump and have private insurance or medication, care, you might be eligible for a CGM with little or no cost to you. Call U.S. Medical Supply today for a free benefits check. We offer free shipping, 90-day supplies, and we bill Medicare or your insurance directly. Call now and say goodbye to finger pricks. 800-880-1896. 800-880-1896. That's 800-880-1896. Have you ever thought about turning your Glock, XD family, or 1911 handgun into a semi-automatic carbine? It only takes about 30 seconds. The MacTech carbine upper is classified as an accessory and can be delivered right to your doorstep with no FFL or background check required. It's the world's most versatile pistol accessory. Build your custom upper today. Simply go to handgunconversion.com. That's handgunconversion.com. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. So let's continue with that. Just like you, in a sense, are saying maybe it could be that, but we're stopping short of it, which is fair. You want to be scientific. Mm-hmm. But if you're looking at the other possibilities, what conventional aircraft, I don't care whether it's American, Chinese, Russian, whatever, would do what these things apparently do? None that I know of. And I, and I think none in any nation's inventory. So how do you go with that now? Is that a point where the government report should come out as scheduled? next month, the report they're supposed to submit to Congress. How do they get around that? Are they just going to stop at, well, we don't know what it is yet, we're still looking into it? Where do you think they might go? Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. Um, there's really no way, way of knowing how they're going to go or what direction they're going to go in. It seems to me one thing that they cannot do is backtrack the previous statement from last April, April 27, 2020, when the Department of Defense in a press release stated that the phenomenon uh, depicted in the Navy videos remain unidentified. Um, I really don't know how they're going to be able to take that back. 
And at the SCU, we believe that's significant because, you know, while uh, there have been statements by, you know, generals in the past, like General Ramey, General Sanford, you know, during the 1950 UFO wave, especially around Washington, D.C., while there have been statements that, you know, Yes, credible people are, are making some rather incredible statements. Uh, there really has not been a statement with that, with that kind of weight, if you will. Uh, that that was made, um, you know, last year, April 27, 2020. So I really don't know what the report's going to say. I mean, a lot of people are speculating about what it may or may not contain. But as as a scientific organization, you know, we have to be beholden to the evidence. And if the evidence points towards an extraterrestrial or interdimensional origin, then certainly, you know, we would not hesitate to 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 say that. But given the fact that we didn't, we don't have access to the radar data, for example, uh, which would really help make a full scientific investigation of the Nimitz encounter, uh, given the fact that we don't have that, we are constrained in what we can say about it. Uh, so the only thing, the only thing really that we can say is that we don't know what it is, and it doesn't correspond to any known human technology. Uh, so we can tell you what it's not, but we cannot tell you definitively what it is. Looking at the analysis of the videos, yeah. what key factors did you look at to decide this is something that doesn't have a conventional explanation? The videos um, depict you know, an object captured by um, an AtFLIR camera system. Advanced targeting forward-looking infrared camera system. So we, in the report, we paid particular attention to the acceleration of the object depicted in the video, and we compared that uh, with the reports given by the four pilots who witnessed that phenomenon uh, when they were uh, uh, d- diverted from their training op to that real-world tasking on November 14, 2004. So basically, they're describing the same thing. You can't, as the skeptics do, separate the video and say, it's this has to be this. As soon as you throw in visual sightings, it changes the picture. Yes, that was our conclusion, that, that the, the behavior of, of the object in the Tic Tac video um, matches um, the behavior of the um, there the statements of the pilots who encountered this object. Now, to be accurate, the video was taken by other pilots uh, who came on after um, Commander Fravor and um, and after um, Lieutenant Commander Dietrich um, were on site. But we believe that the behavior of the Tic Tac is is consistent with their reports. Yeah, right. This this is a one of the problems that I've. I've had with uh, this analysis is that you're really dealing with two separate things. There is no way to know that the object that is seen in the video is the same one or even like the other ones that were observed visually by the other pilots. We can sort of say, well, maybe it's kind of the same, but the video doesn't really show that being quite the same as especially the maneuvers that uh, the, the pilots observed, they were far more dramatic than what this video shows. So, and the video doesn't really show anything clearly either. It's it's, it's more like a, a heat type signature that we're dealing with. Is you don't see the tic tac. 
Yeah, it is. Uh, it's certainly not, you know, something that um, certainly that the pilots uh, would have seen with their own naked eyes. I mean, they described a Tic Tac looking object. And you're right. The AdFlare video, uh, you know, shows um, basically a dark object based on the camera setting. It does accelerate toward the end of the video um, at, a, at a fairly high rate of speed. Uh, it does accelerate from seemingly a motionless point in the air. Uh, more or less instantly. Uh, so in that respect, uh, you know, we believe it is consistent with the statements. Uh, but as a, as a point of uh, fact, as you pointed out, um, the the four pilots who were on the scene did not capture that Tic Tac object that they saw with their camera. It was a later crew that went out and captured a Tic Tac object. Right. And it's my understanding that they even had visual cameras uh on their helmets that they could have activated but they didn't they it was like one of those things where you talk to ufo witnesses and they they're so uh impressed by what they're seeing affected by that they don't think to actually take the picture yeah and these are trained pilots these are people that are supposed to have experience they're supposed to know they're supposed to do that so it makes you wonder you know well, if you saw the 60 Minutes interview with uh, with Alex Dietrich, I mean, clearly, um, you know, they uh, she, both she and David Fravor were pretty weirded out by this thing. And at one point, I believe she expressed, you know, some sense of fear. Um, in other words, you know, I, I'm observing this thing maneuvering in such a way that, you know, it could it could fly circles around, you know, our aircraft. Absolutely. Um, and and they seem to be very credible people. And. Yeah. I guess the point I'm making here is that we get lots of people coming on and saying that, well, yeah, I had a camera, but I just didn't think to take the picture. And you could kind of excuse them because they're just regular civilians who are startled by the extraordinary nature of the event that they're witnessing. But when you have trained military fighter pilots that are also so... uh, startled by it that they too forget then you got to know you're really dealing with something that is like way out of their normal experience zone we've got some announcements that may be way out of our normal experience zone or maybe not we have jonathan lacy's the pr manager for scu and we're talking about the nimitz encounters of which they've done a 270 page report available online so you can check it all out and see what they're talking about and evaluate all the details. More to come with Gene and Randall. You're in the Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Silver has always been nature's very own antibiotic, and only one system allows you to generate an endless supply of natural silver solutions, silverlungs.com. You'll find no wild claims or pseudoscience, just a lifetime of nano-sized pure silver solutions. The Silver Lungs Generator allows you to make your own, so stop paying for silver solutions. The unique lung delivery system targets respiratory infections where other silver solutions simply cannot reach. See the Silver Lungs Generator and Lung Delivery System at silverlungs.com. That's silverlungs.com. 
Do the letters IRS give you anxiety? I'm Dan Pilla. I've defended people from the IRS for more than 40 years. My book, How to Get Tax Amnesty, created the tax resolution industry and is responsible for helping hundreds of thousands of people. It can help you, too. If you're a non-filer or facing IRS enforcement right now, your case is unique. You need real help, not cookie-cutter advice. My clients get my personal attention. Buy my book at danpilla.com and get a free consultation directly with me. That's danpilla.com. Let's start solving your tax problem right now. USA Radio News with Dan Naraki. The CDC released updated guidance for vaccinated children heading to summer camp this week, saying that those kids and staff who are fully vaccinated don't need to mask up. But for those who haven't gotten a shot or for those too young to get one yet, the agency still recommends that they take preventative strategies. The agency says that masks generally don't need to be worn outdoors, but are still recommended for the unvaccinated and kids under 12 when in indoor situations. And the United States is monitoring the movements of two Iranian warships that may be heading for Venezuela. Politico reporting that the pair of vessels, a frigate and a ship being used as a forward base, are being watched by U.S. intelligence officials as they appear to be heading for the Cape of Good Hope at the southern tip of Africa. Their final destination, still unknown. Ties between those two nations have strengthened in recent years, with Iran one of Venezuelan President Nicolas Maduro's few remaining close allies. This is USA Radio News. The CDC released updated guidance for vaccinated children heading to summer camp, saying that those kids and staff who are fully vaccinated don't need to mask up. But for those who haven't gotten a shot, or for those who are too young to get one, the agency still recommends they take prevention strategies. Dr. Anand Swaminathan is an assistant professor of emergency medicine at St. Joseph's Hospital and tells CBS News that the new guidance could have been a little clearer, especially for indoor situations. If they're outdoors, kids are going to be safe in general. Unless it's a very crowded kind of setting, they can't space apart at all, it's going to be okay to go unmasked. But indoors, I think the CDC recommendations could have been a little bit clearer. It should be 100% masking indoors if you're unvaccinated. And again, for the social cues, let's just keep everybody masked indoors unless you happen to be at a camp where you know that everybody is vaccinated. Unless you're in that, that unique situation, it's just safer to keep everybody in their masks. If the older campers, even if they're vaccinated, they're wearing masks indoors, it's going to signal to the younger campers that this is the norm. This is what you have to do. It's that social cue that we need to maintain. This is USA Radio News. Tahibo Tea Club's original Pure Pau Diarco Super Tea comes from the only tree in the world that fungus doesn't grow on. As a result, it naturally has antifungal, anti-infection, antiviral, antibacterial, anti-inflammation, and anti-parasite properties. So the tea is great for healthy people because it helps build the immune system. And it can truly be miraculous for someone fighting a potentially life-threatening disease due to an infection, diabetes, or cancer. A one-pound package of tea is $34.95 plus shipping. To order, please visit ShopSuperTea.com. That's Shop, S-H-O-P, Super, S-U-P-E-R, T-T-E-A, dot com. So the complete website is ShopSuperTea.com. Or call us at 818-984-6100, Monday through Saturday, 9 to 5, California time. That's ShopSuperTea.com at 818-984-6100. Hi, this is James Fox. You're listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. Just one interesting thing with regard to the female member, fighter pilot, who saw these things. In one of the stories, they refer to her as now the mother of three. And I was thinking, 
She's a female. She's identified as the mother of three. If we're going to follow that logic, why not identify the men as being the father of whoever? I mean, why do we care that she's a mother of three? She's a woman who is a trained fighter pilot who saw something strange. And then we have the man who's a trained fighter pilot who saw something strange. But we don't consider his family in the same way. It makes little sense, does it? Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I, 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 don't, uh, <laughs> I don't know if I have a comment on that. That is a really interesting observation, Gene. Uh, you know, I mean, mothers definitely, they've got their hands full with the kids for sure but uh yeah i i don't know good question i mean sometimes, sure but she's a trained fighter know. pilot she's yeah. got experience years of experience at this why should that impact her ability to see something strange and describe it accurately it shouldn't maybe it just gives her more credibility with with other mothers out there who can kind of relate to well you know this is this is another person like me who has experienced something really strange and it, it gives her some extra credibility to them for for that i mean okay she's a working like, mother know, therefore it gives her more credibility well, she, it's something that people can identify with, right? Like most guys can identify with the sort of macho military thing, right? But, mm. but women, I think, kind of identify with each other in, in that way as well, right? Like a, a little bit maybe more so than men. I know it's a gender stereotype. You're absolutely right. But, you know, if there was an explanation, that's about, that's about the best that the, I could come up with off the top of my head. More you to know. the point, though, at least we have... People on that 60 Minutes interview who were uniformly credible, every last yeah. one of them, yes. straight reporting. And 60 Minutes is known by its reputation to interview some sketchy people and show you why they are sketchy. Here, straightforward. And I see that in every interview I've heard, other than the one that Chris Cuomo did where he didn't consider the visual encounters in hearing about the debunking of the videos. But everywhere I've heard interviews about this since 2017, MSNBC, CNN, Fox News, they were treated like straight news stories, none of the fun and games of the past of UFOs. Yep. And and that's really, you know, what initially, I think, grabbed my attention. You know, I've been interested in aerospace, aviation, you know, the space program, et cetera, since I was a kid. And, you know, I, I followed it, you know, off and on, uh, you know, reports about UFOs, et cetera. Um, but it never really had the, 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 um, the gravity um, no pun intended. It didn't really have the the weight uh, or the authority, I'll say, of, of being a very, very serious issue, um, at least for me, until uh, a paper like The New York Times put out a report on it. You know, I've seen videos in the past. I've seen interviews. I've seen news conferences. But it was really, you know, the combination, at least, I think at least for me, of a reputable newspaper and highly qualified and trained pilots who were making these statements. Consider also the yeah. people who wrote the Times story, of course, Leslie Kane and Ralph Blumenthal, but also Helen Cooper. She is the Times Pentagon correspondent. 
She covers the Pentagon. She's a real serious lady. I've heard her interviewed. They bring her up on various TV, cable TV news shows when they want an expert. She's an expert. Mm -hmm. And she comes up there with this credibility, writing seriously with her co-writers on Mm -hmm. UAPs. Mm -hmm. Chris Mellon comes across as really credible, too. What do you think, Jonathan? Yeah, by I mean, absolutely. I mean, he is uh, he ha- he definitely has the credentials of someone, um, you know, um, a- as a former Department of Defense uh, assistant secretary of defense for intelligence. Um, he certainly has the, the credentials. And when he speaks, he speaks, you know, in a very rational manner. Um, so I agree. I think uh, he's I think the fact that a person with his credentials are making these kinds of statements helps to, in some sense, destigmatize uh, the issue of UFO, UAP, or whatever you want to call it, um, because that stigma is very real. You know, even here in my in, in the small town that I live in uh, here in, in northern New Jersey, you know, when, when, when this topic is mentioned, you know, it, you do get some, you know, some strange looks, uh, even from some of my friends as recently as as recently as um, last weekend. I mentioned the 60 minute story to one of my friends at my daughter's uh, softball practice. And uh, he's kind of looked at me funny. And I took that as a hint that he, uh, he that uh, he didn't really know what to think about it and he wasn't comfortable discussing it. So I moved on in the conversation. Um, so, so I think the stigma is um, is very real. I know that was the case for um, Alex Dietrich. I think she mentioned that a couple of times as one of the reasons why she did not go on the record publicly from the get go. Um, so, yeah, I, I think um, I think there are a lot of people out there um, in society that value science and they value the role that science plays in our lives. They value things like vaccines, right? I mean, they, they know the value of science. And I think that for a lot of people who are pro, what I'll call pro-science, part of the pro-science public, having, you know, shows like 60 Minutes, having newspapers like the New York Times, having um, witnesses like, you know, highly trained uh, Navy fighter pilots, having them all talk about this issue very openly and in a way that is measured and rational, I think strikes a lot of people as being, um, as, as signifying that it's okay to talk about this. Uh, What a lot of them don't realize is that a lot of people in the past as well have been very well-credentialed, rational people who have studied it. We're talking J. Allen Hynek, an yeah. astronomer. We're talking Jacques Vallée, computer scientist. There are lots of rational people with scientific credentials who have studied the phenomena for decades now. And yep. this, this stigmatization comes from a certain skeptical perspective where people and, and there's it's a certain kind of skeptic. They're not the fair-minded skeptics. They're the ones that that use it to marginalize other people because it makes them feel superior. That's what yeah. that's about. Yeah. And and those are the kind we don't need. But before we we get into into that and and dig into some more of these details, I'd really like to make sure 
that you get to tell us about the upcoming Anomalous Aerospace Phenomena Conference, AAPC 2021. Let's get that out a couple times during the show because uh, people are running out of time to get their tickets for that, right? Yeah, so the last day to purchase tickets is going to be June the 1st. Um, Okay, now this show is going to be presented on the 30th of May, so you won't have time, much time to get involved. When you do hear this show, and we hope you hear it quickly and early, you've got to register. Yeah, Yeah, so um, it's our Anomalous Aerospace Phenomena Conference. And it's going to be held June 5th through the 6th virtually. It's going to be online. And uh, the uh, registration deadline is June the 1st. So if you're listening to this, um, you know, please make sure if you're interested that you are prompt with, you know, getting your uh, getting your registration submitted. We're going to ask more about how that's set up in our next segment. Jonathan Lace, of course, is PR manager for SCU which means he deals with the scientific guys and gals when it comes to UAP or UFO research. With Gene and Randall, you're in The Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. First game attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there's the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. Anytime, any place, anywhere, radio remains the most intimate of all forms of media. At home, at work, in the car, on smartphones. Over 90% of consumers still listen to radio every week. That makes choosing radio as a place to advertise your business one of the best decisions you can make. Email advertise at GCNlive.com and partner up with an experienced GCN representative. Advertise at GCNlive.com. Easy, affordable, effective. Silver has always been nature's very own antibiotic, and only one system allows you to generate an endless supply of natural silver solutions. Silverlungs.com. You'll find no wild claims or pseudoscience, just a lifetime of nano-sized pure silver solutions. The Silver Lungs generator allows you to make your own, so stop paying for silver solutions. The unique lung delivery system targets respiratory infections where other silver solutions simply cannot reach. See the Silver Lungs generator and lung delivery system at Silverlungs.com. That's Silverlungs.com. Jake was in big trouble with the IRS. He owed how much? $92,000. Ouch. The IRS left no room for Jake to breathe. They put a lien on my house, took all the money out of my bank account, took money out of my paychecks. So it was a nightmare. He needed help fast. I figured that all these companies were the same until I called federal tax management. 
you could just tell they knew what they were talking about. Right then and there, I felt like I had some hope. Stop the liens, levies, and garnishments fast and qualify for one of several special IRS programs that could reduce or even eliminate your tax debt. So, how did it go for Jake? They did what they said they would do. They came through for me. I ended up saving an unbelievable amount. I was so jazzed. I was extremely happy. If you owe more than $10,000 in back taxes, take Jake's advice. Give federal tax management a phone call. If they help me, they can help anybody. Call the federal tax management hotline now. 800-503-8625. 800-503-8625. We have all seen and perhaps used the alcohol-based hand sanitizers. Have you ever noticed how it dries your skin and as soon as the alcohol evaporates, it's no longer effective? With bacteria and virus problems, sanitizers and hand washing are the first line of defense against infectious disease. GCNteam.com has alcohol-free antibacterial soap and foam meeting or exceeding all requirements as set forth by the United States Food and Drug Administration as a first aid antiseptic. When it comes to sanitizers, it only makes sense that it lasts till the next application and doesn't dry and crack your skin, inviting infection. For long-lasting, alcohol-free sanitizing, come to GCNteam.com keyword antibacterial. That's GCNteam.com antibacterial or call 877-878-4203. 877-878-4203. Clark, author of the UFO Encyclopedia and other books. You're listening to the Paracast. Jonathan, before we continue with your upcoming conference, and remember you have to register by June 1st, so if you've heard this show after that, sorry, maybe next year's. What's your background? What got you involved in this? Sure. Well, as I said before, you know, since I was a kid, I've had an interest in aviation, you know, it was my first airplane ride when I was five years old, had a fascination with the space program, um, had a giant mural <laughs> of outer space painted on my bedroom wall, uh, went to space camp when I was 14 years old. Uh, but then I found out I had to have glasses. So my dreams of being a you know, a Navy fighter pilot were kind of dashed. But I went into the Air Force um, and I uh, was a computer systems operator stationed at Offutt Air, Off Air Force Base in Nebraska uh, in the United States Strategic Command. So we were uh, a joint command created by uh, President H.W. Bush, Bush 1, uh, in 1992. We were joint command Army, Navy, Air Force, Marines. So I was stationed there. And after leaving the Air Force, I went to college. I really wanted to study kind of the big questions, so I actually uh, majored in philosophy and studied philosophy and uh, did my grad work at Emory University in Atlanta. Uh, But to make a long story short, like I said before, it was really, I think, just a, a desire to know, a desire to know more about, you know, what is actually going on and a rec and and. and on some level, coming to a recognition that there is something going on that, you know, um, this is not just uh, these are not just the ravings of people who are conspiracy theorists or conspiratorial or who are, you know, imagining these things that there's something real going on. 
in our skies and uh, wanted to know about it and, and study it more. So uh, last year in 2020, I joined uh, the Scientific Coalition for UAP Studies and uh, actually uh, wrote, um, wrote a response to uh, an author from Forbes magazine, David Hambling, who suggested that the Navy Tic Tacs were, in fact, laser-induced plasma filament projections. <laughs> and, oh, and, uh, very interesting, because this yeah. is one of the things that we've kind of toyed with the idea that, yeah, maybe this is some kind of advanced countermeasures that are optical in nature and not necessarily, uh, you know, some kind of a solid craft. So... So tell us more about this and what you think. Yeah, well, that was the thesis of um, of his article in uh, in Forbes magazine. So when I read it, it just did not seem plausible. Um, so what I did, I you know did some research. I actually reached out to a couple of the crew members that were on the Nimitz and that were on uh, the Princeton, and I asked them you know, various questions about radar, about uh, radar signatures, um, about, you know, what what was actually seen uh, uh, by the crews that day. And so I wrote a response to uh, David Hamling, and that came out in the SCU review uh, version, or I should say volume uh, 1.2. Now, do you need a membership to access that, or how does that work with the SCU? I know our membership uh, tiers um, have changed in the last um, in the last few months. When people join right now, they join as a community member, and once they are a community member, then uh, at that point they have an option to become um, have an option to become a contributing member. So, and, uh, uh, how about accessing the file though? If we want to read that, like can oh, anybody oh, just go yeah. there? Sorry, yeah. So those those are made public. So anyone okay. who wants to can go right now uh, to the SCU website and um, read uh, either our 270-page uh, study that we did on the Nimitz case. They can read the uh, paper we did on the 2013 Aguadilla case, and they can read any of our other publications that are on our website, including um, you know this response that I wrote up to David Hamblin. Let's get back here before we go on with that to the yeah. conference, because I'm looking over the speakers yeah. that you have. And maybe you should really mention this because you've got some pretty good people. And by the way, after you look at the speakers, you want to get an idea of some of these people, such, of course, as uh, Richard Hoffman and some of the others, Robert Powell, for example, and Michael Masters and Ron mm -hmm. Olch. They have all been on the Powercast. So you get a good preview of the kind of material they're going to present. Yeah, we've got some great speakers lined up. Um, our conference moderator is Richard Hoffman. Um, he's been in the um, information technology field, defense contracting world for for 25 years. Uh, he's been researching uh, UFOs and UAPs uh, really since, you know, uh, I'd say the mid-60s when he had a sighting himself. Um, so he sits on our executive board. Uh, our keynote presenter is going to be Dr. Harold uh, Putoff, and um, he's uh, been all over the news. Um, he's been involved with um, ATIP, uh, the same program that Lou Elizondo was involved with, um, and he's going to be our, um, our keynote speaker. And um, he's going to be discussing 
you know, various topics in, um, in this field that could be explored from a scientific uh, perspective. Um, we also have other presenters. We have uh, Dr. Kevin Newth. He's going to be presenting on the physical observables of UAP. Uh, Peter Reale, who also sits on our board, he's going to be uh, giving a, a, a talk titled A Statistical Treatment of the Drake Equation with the Implications for the Understanding of the Fermi Paradox and Some Hypotheses about UAP Technology, which I'm looking forward to that a lot. In other words, what makes them tick? Sorry? <laughs> In other words, what makes them tick? Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, Robert Powell, he's our executive board member. He's going to be uh, giving a, a, a presentation on um, statistical analysis of UAP reports and uh, suggestions for how to improve that process. Uh, we're going to have um, Dr. Matthew uh, Zydegis, who's going to be presenting on UAP and dark matter, which looks very interesting. We have Dr. Michael Masters, as you mentioned. He's going to be presenting on time travel, hominin evolution, and the UFO phenomenon. Um, Dr. Silvano Colombano is going to be presenting on the cost-benefit analysis of UAP research. We're going to have, obviously, Chris Cogswell. He's going to be talking about his work at Skyhub, which is really exciting. Um, we're going to have uh, Ron Alk, who's going to be presenting on the UFO data acquisition project. And... Uh, I think that kind of wraps it up in terms of the presenters, but it's June 5th through the 6th. Um, you don't want to miss it. It's going to be great. Uh, I got to give kudos to uh, Rich Hoffman. He's put a lot of work into this. Um, and right now, I think we have somewhere on the order of 170 participants. Um, uh, it's, an, it's an international, you know, it's, it's, it's an international venue because it's virtual. So it's even more international, I think, than ever before. And by the way, it's not very expensive. I think it's 63 and change. America Correct. College. Yeah, that sounds right. Yep. So you can sign up online very quickly. So if it's June 1st, you're okay. If it's after June 1st, we'll bring back the crew from SCU and have them maybe give some summaries. <laughs> the thing here is when you look at this and then you look at the list of speakers for something like a contact in the desert or even MUFON, I'm sorry to say. And you compare the credibility of the speakers there, and some are quite credible, let's admit it, to what you've got. There's not that much of a comparison, I have to say. Yeah, I would never talk bad about another, you know, uh, organization in this field. I'll just say this, that what led me to, um, to join the SCU was because I thought they were an organization that um, had the... Uh, the most rigorous approach to analyzing this topic. And I think when it's something as consequential, right, as the question of what is, you know, UAP, what is a UFO? What, what is, what are people seeing in the skies? Um, given some of the hypotheses that have been proposed and given the implications of, you know, what if it really is extraterrestrial intelligence, um, I think it is incumbent upon um, all of us uh, to be as rigorous as we can possibly be with the data. Um, and um, when I, you know, looked around for organizations that represented that ethos, um, SCU stood out as the, um, as the clear front runner for me. Well, it certainly, once again, really presents what has been needed in this field 
for so many years. We've had scientists who've participated, but they were lone wolves for a large part. You couldn't get a group of them together because you had so much opposition, so much treatment of the subject as being in the world of craziness that unfortunately has made it difficult. Jonathan Lace is PR manager for SCU with Gene and Randall. You're in the Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Hey, listeners. I want you to have the entire Paracast experience. So I'd like to tell you about After the Paracast. After the Paracast is an exclusive feature for subscribers to the Paracast Plus. With After the Paracast, you never know what's going to happen next. After the Paracast features color commentary, special interviews, and further conversations with Paracast guests. With Paracast Plus, you can download a very special enhanced version of the Paracast also. We do offer exclusive music, videos, and more features are coming. To get more info about subscribing, please visit theparacast.plus. Once again, theparacast.plus. Prices are just $1.50 a week, less than a cup of coffee at your local convenience store. Check out theparacast.plus to learn more about Paracast Plus. Get healthy, not high, with 100% pure CBD, powerful natural pain relief from Veterans Vitality. GCN listeners, have you ever thought about how CBD may help you? I'm sure you have heard about the many benefits of CBD. Well, here's your opportunity to try before you buy. Created by veterans and for everyone who deserves better choices, our CBD is derived from organic hemp, grown in the USA, and third-party tested. Veterans Vitality CBD saves you as much as 25 to 50% over our competition, and a portion of all sales is contributed to veterans nonprofits and events. Many of our customers have experienced improved quality of life, help with anxiety, PTSD, and overall well-being. Our products do not contain THC. They are safe, non-addictive, effective, and 100% legal. GCN listeners, get your free trial bottle of premium CBD by simply paying shipping and handling at GCNFreeCBD.com. That's GCNFreeCBD.com. Again, GCNFreeCBD.com. Offered by Veterans Vitality Premium CBD. Welcome back to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. Let's look further into that Nimitz report, 270 pages worth. Any other details you think are worth mentioning to our listeners, maybe they hadn't heard before, and without getting into really deep, dark scientific data, would really be interesting. Sure. You had asked before about sort of how this got started. In the actual study, this is, um, I have it open in front of me, this is on page 98. Robert Powell, um, who's one of our executive board members, actually found an article called There I Was, the X-Files edition, uh, which was written by... um, uh, a U.S. Um, Navy fighter pilot called Paco Chiarici. And it was from this article being sent to Robert Powell 
that this study basically uh, had its genesis. You know, it's sort of uh, that's where it all began. Just in terms of highlights from the study itself, um, I would just point uh, your readers uh, to the uh, executive summary and and some of the conclusions. Um, So, for example, on uh, page 19 of the study, under conclusions, it says, in three separate instances, we have calculated acceleration rates based on testimonies of military witnesses with years of experience and knowledge related to military aircraft characteristics and capabilities. These witnesses include two United States Naval Academy graduates, one with the rank of commander, the other a lieutenant commander. The accelerations demonstrated by the AAV, which is the military's term for UAP, are beyond the capabilities of any known aircraft in the public domain. We do not know the origin of the AAV, nor do we have any information on their means of propulsion. Now, we do believe that sufficient information has been provided in this paper to justify the release of all pertinent information. Uh, so that's you know kind of early on in the report. And then later on, there are some specific calculations made about the tic-tac in terms of acceleration, uh, velocity, and power output. And one thing I would highlight to the listeners is uh, found on page 215 and 216 of our study. Those list about nine separate conclusions of the tic-tac. So I'll just very quickly, number one, the tic-tacs are not any aircraft of any known type. Uh, They exhibit no aerodynamic airframe, no obvious means of propulsion, Uh, Number three, if the Tic Tacs were a missile, they would be smaller and closer to the plane, and it would not have the acceleration calculated from the Affleer video. Four says if the Tic Tac were a missile, as it moved to the left, it it would show part of its long airframe changing the diameter of the image, which does not happen. Number five says if the Tic Tac were an F-18, it would be between 18 and 33 miles from the Affleer camera and would likely be identifiable by its shape. Six says... The Tic Tacs demonstrate accelerations greater than 40 Gs and most likely much higher. Seven says the Atflir is capable of registering the maximum dimensions of aircraft airframes and showing the aerodynamic structures that support lift and maneuver functions. Eight, the F-18 does not have adequate power to exhibit even the minimum required acceleration for maneuvers observed in the video. And number nine, the Tic Tacs exhibit technological capability far beyond anything that existed in 2004. So that speaks to the point, I think, Randall, that you mentioned earlier, which was even though the the Tic Tac in the video, there's no way to prove that was the exact one seen by Fravor and Dietrich, the behavior is consistent. Something so, anomalous, the AAV, that would be, was anomalous aerospace vehicle or anomalous aerial vehicle? I'm assuming anomalous aerial, yeah, I believe, yeah. Okay. So whatever it was, it was it was definitely out of the ordinary. This was not some civilian jet off in the distance like some of these other videos have captured. Uh, It was just far too different from that to to even consider it. Yeah, was not a jet. Was not a jet. And this other thing too, if this was a secret weapon of some kind from any country. You wonder why they're running around with all this primitive stuff and flying around the world. Any foreign country who doesn't have our best interests at heart, and we know those prime offenders, they would be exploiting this to the hilt. And yeah. we'd be doing the same thing privately. We would say, look what we've got going here. You better watch yourself. And a lot no, of I, things I, that go on wouldn't go on. 
Yeah, I think you're right. I think that's why actually Senator um, Rubio stated on camera at some point in the maybe the past couple of months. At one point, he said, you know, it would be better if these were actual extraterrestrials, because if they're not and, you know, a foreign adversary has this technology, it doesn't bode well for the United States. Yeah, definitely not. The situation we're looking at here, I I know everybody's, you know, just sort of dancing around the obvious here, but let's just look at it logically. If we're going to look at it scientifically, that requires at least a modicum of critical thinking. If we're able to eliminate every known man-made natural phenomena that, that we know about, then the logical leftover is that it's something alien. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean extraterrestrial. We don't know that. We just know it's not from within the boundaries and constructs of our civilization. It's enough to say that it is alien to our civilization. Where they're coming from, we don't know. So we can say it is an alien craft of some kind. Logically, I don't see any reason why that can't be said other than being afraid of the stigmatization. Yeah, I think you're safe if you say it's alien to our known technology. I think that's a perfectly fine statement to say, as long as you make it clear that that doesn't necessarily imply that it's coming from another planet somewhere. I mean, lots of people have offered hypotheses like, well, maybe it's you know humans from the future, maybe they're time traveling and back into the past. Maybe they're from something called inner space, another dimension. In other words, People have offered different possibilities that don't necessarily include physically traveling trillions of miles through outer space to reach the Earth. Right. The interstellar hypothesis in ufology, although one would think, and you're going to be having a lecture on that uh, as part of the conference, that the interstellar hypothesis does seem to be the most reasonable of all of them, given scientifically what we know. Because we know that there is this universe that exists. We know other star systems exist. We know other star systems with planets exist. We know there's life in the universe that is ours because we're life and we're evidence of it. And it just doesn't seem that reasonable that it wouldn't be anywhere else. The other stuff, we just don't know. We don't know about other dimensions and future time travel and all the rest. That's purely speculative and science fiction-ish compared to being able to go out to the observatory and look up in the sky and go, yeah, there's Proxima Centauri right there. It's only four point something light years away. Wonder if maybe they came from there. Yeah, great point. You know, if you, as one of our scientists, Kevin Newth, has stated, if you know, if you take relativity seriously then it is very possible that, and this is a big if, if these phenomena are really extraterrestrial intelligence beings, what have you, and, they're tr- and they've figured out a way to travel tremendous distances um, in a relatively short amount of time, then they may be experiencing time as only a matter of days, whereas on Earth, we're experiencing that same amount of their time as thousands of years. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, uh, yeah. You know, which is... Um, yeah. which is time dilation is a scientific fact, yeah. Yeah. yeah it's, it's all quite fascinating. Although, recently, though, they detected a major, like a, a nova event in Proxima, which would have happened about four years ago, which they say would have wiped out 
pretty much all life on any of the planets there that they had previously thought were possible candidates for life. So that's that's kind of disappointing. And those are the same planets that the Breakthrough Listen people detected that uh, anomalous radio transmission from, if you were following that. Mm, maybe it was an SOS. I don't know. I wonder. Who knows? <laughs> I mean, it was coming straight from there, and it was definitely, they said, it was not natural. It was yeah. definitely of technological origin. You know, they, they, didn't, they didn't know of any local cause that could cause it. And then it was just a few months later that this Nova thing went off. So mm. we've got more to come with Gene and Randall and Jonathan. You're in the Paracast. Hey, listeners, I want you to have the entire Paracast experience. So I'd like to tell you about after the Paracast. After the Paracast is an exclusive feature for subscribers to the Paracast Plus. With After the Paracast, you never know what's going to happen next. After the Paracast features color commentary, special interviews, and further conversations with Paracast guests. With Paracast Plus, you can download a very special enhanced version of the Paracast also. We do offer exclusive music, videos, and more features are coming. To get more info about subscribing, please visit theparacast.plus. Once again, theparacast.plus. Prices are just $1.50 a week, less than a cup of coffee at your local convenience store. Check out theparacast.plus to learn more about Paracast Plus. Yes, the pandemic is coming to an end. Restrictions are coming to an end. But body aches and pains never seem to end. That's why you need to click sunny-bay.com for the best sleep you can get. Sunny Bay's legendary products can help, like our lavender stress-reducing products, locally sourced and handmade in the USA. Or try Sunny Bay's award-winning pillows for traveling or extra neck support while sleeping. No need for pills or expensive chiropractic visits. Our neck support pillows are that good. Sunny Bay is a homegrown small business, but our products are designed and rigorously tested based on your demand and feedback. And they make great gifts for mom, dad, or anyone. Find Sunny Bay products on Amazon, Walmart, Etsy, or at sunny-bay.com. And right now, get free heat patches and a belt with any purchase. So remember, Sunny Bay heating pads, neck pillows, and stress-relieving hot or cold wraps as restrictions come to an end and you get back to work. Do it the healthy way with Sunny Bay. Hi, I'm Dan Pilla. I started fighting the IRS over 40 years ago when they tried to seize my mother's house. I sued the IRS and won. I beat the IRS then, and I've been beating them ever since. I wrote the book on tax debt settlement, and I've helped thousands of people deal with tax problems they thought might never be solved. I can help you too. If you owe taxes you can't pay, don't wait another day. There's no such thing as a hopeless tax case. Call 800-34-NO-TAX or go to my website, danpilla.com. That's danpilla.com, danpilla.com. Hi, Peter Vaccaro for ParanormalDate.com. Are you looking for love in all the wrong places? Now you have a chance to change that by signing up for free at ParanormalDate.com. This incredible dating site puts people of like minds together. 
People who are interested in the strange, the unusual, mysteries, ghosts, UFOs, and the afterlife, and so much more. ParanormalDate.com was developed for you. People seeking a viable alternative to the other dating services. You can join for free by going to ParanormalDate.com. And if you decide you like it and want to connect with people, use the code GEORGE for a substantial discount. Mark Rawlings, president of ParanormalDate.com, says so many people hunger to share their experiences about the paranormal, the unexplainable, or the afterlife, and so much more. And this is the source for them to meet and share that common interest. So sign up for free at ParanormalDate.com. ParanormalDate.com. And use the code GEORGE if you decide to connect with someone you like. No other network provides the level of customer service we do. When it comes to radio advertising, we are your one-stop shop. And no matter how big or small your business is, we can help. Email us at advertise at GCNlive.com. And an experienced advertising executive will help you take the first step towards driving more customers to your business or website. Advertise at GCNlive.com. Easy, affordable, effective. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. Of course, that radio signal, Randall, may have been a plea for help. Right. Yeah, just like Jonathan was saying uh, before the break there. I mean, who knows? It could have been. It, it would be fascinating. I hope the Breakthrough Listen people, well, they now they're calling it the Breakthrough Starshot, which is the other part of their project. This is the billionaire Yuri Milner who's behind this. He says that they can send these little probes, uh, laser-powered probes there that could get there within 20 years. And with cameras on them and actually send pictures back, which I think is totally cool. That's from a whole other star system. Yeah, that would be something. Because Proxima Centauri is only, what, four and a half light years away? Yeah, 4.2. 4.2. Yeah, so, I mean, that's not that bad. I mean, you get all these skeptics saying the distances are so huge it would take millions of years. And it's like, yeah, but did you know the nearest one is only 4.2 light years? So at half the speed of light, it only take like... 8.4 years to get there. And then they're like, what? <laughs> you know, so yeah. It's amazing what a little math and actual science can do. Mm. I'm really interested. I got, I'm dying to ask you this. You say you worked for, and this is probably your probably. I, I, I'm just hoping I, I know what's going to come out of this, but you say you worked for United States strategic air command. Now, there's a lot of departments in that, but if you were in there, you might know. Can you confirm <laughs> that there are these essentially rooms with a bunch of people working, monitoring air traffic that's going on all around the continent and all the way up into space, and that they know what's going on and that they can see when something comes into our airspace or into our atmosphere from from outside? That they know that. Can you can you confirm that? So what I can say is that just as a point of fact, uh, I was stationed at Strategic Command, and Bush One cre- created this as a joint command, and and Strategic Air Command actually was dissolved, or was sort of the the responsibilities and roles of Strategic Air Command were rolled into Strategic Command. So we were Joint Command, Army, Navy, Air Force, Marines. 
And I worked in a directorate, the J6 directorate, and our job was to basically run huge IBM 9000 mainframes uh, to process data from war games. Uh, so the guys, oh, just like the movie War Games, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. that was an awesome. Not, not as dramatic. The guys in the silos and the subs, yeah, and uh, the bombers would, you know, they'd run their um, simulations on our on our computers. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, I remember um, taking a tour um, when we first got to Stratcom, and um, we were told that we were, that um, Stratcom was the, um, you know, we were the backup to NORAD. You know, we we had. Uh, Large screens. I mean, none of this is classified. This has all been in news reports. Mm-hmm. There are large screens on the wall uh, in, in, in the main center of Building 500 because we were the backup. As a matter of fact, there's a, there's a really uh, kind of a neat movie uh, that features uh, what was then Strategic Air Command. It was called By Dawn's Early Light. If you haven't seen it, you, know, you might want to check it out. Um, it, it basically showcases what was then Strategic Air Command and uh, you know the capability of uh, the known capability of, uh, of Strategic Air Command and Building 500. Uh, in terms of NORAD being able to see in real time, I've never been to NORAD. Um, I can't speak directly about it. Um, the only other thing I can say is that, you know, my non-disclosure agreement is binding for, uh, I would say, another 50 years. So The reason I ask is that it's kind of hard for me to believe that with all of the monitoring technology, at the disposal of the U.S. military through their various departments, that when something is picked up by their systems, that they just kind of go, oh, well, you know, don't pay any attention to that. That's nothing. You know, it's it's just, oh, it's just a bolide or it's just a meteor. And that it's it's of no interest to them because it seems to me that it's their job to figure out what this stuff is and that somebody must be paying attention to it. I just... I, I can't believe they would just go, no, just ignore that, which is what we get yeah. a lot of the time. We just get told, well, they don't pay attention to it. Well, you've got these screens, something's coming into your space. What do you do? I, I, I would be shocked if there was not, you know, some catalog, ongoing cataloging process of objects that were seen by, you know, uh, an organization like NORAD. You know, if the statements of Ryan Graves um, and other pilots who have witnessed these UAP in the in recent years are accurate, that they're, you know, at one point he said we saw them every day for two years, then you know it wouldn't surprise me that there are you know regular regular occurrences and that people at NORAD uh, at some point you know, um, you know are, are familiar enough with him that they you know. Well, they, what's the what's the normal procedure? Because this is their job to to figure this stuff out. So they see it as happening enough. It must get their attention. Somebody must say, "Well, we better try and figure out what this is and form some kind of a working group." Right? Yeah, I would hope that the you know pending um, UAP report from the director of national intelligence would include some data about the you know um, the sightings from NORAD and any regularity of the sightings. If if they're um, if they're on record, I would hope that they include that. Uh, I, I would be shocked, you know, if um, if there were um, no sightings at all um, and no ability to track uh, from NORAD. That takes us back to the kind of the beginning here. We're all yeah. looking at this as something brand new, except those of us who remember all the stuff that's gone on since 1947. 
So in looking at this, how are they going to fill in those blanks or are they going to try to fill in those blanks? Yes. Good question. Um, the Senate gave a list of things that they wanted included in the report. I had that list up um, earlier today. Um, I, I don't remember. I'm sorry to say I don't remember off the top of my head if it included any historical um, any historical context or anything like that of previous sightings going back, you know, X number of years. Um, and I will just say that, uh, you know, when I first got interested in this topic, um, I really had to, I really had to, you know, start, start doing some digging. And I think this was mentioned before, but, you know, once I, Once I acknowledged that, wow, there is something really going on here, I started doing some digging and I found, uh, you know, people like Dr. Alan Hynek. You know, I found um, people like Chris Stiles um, in the Shag Harbor um, UFO incident. I found, you know, these these cases like Rendlesham, uh, the Stephen Stephenville lights, um, obviously, you know, uh, Roswell, a lot of stuff about Roswell. But. But I I realize that there's been, you know, 70 years of events like this going on. And I think one of the challenges that um, that the the UAP slash UFO community at large has um, is communicating that history um, in a way that is clear and um, frankly, you know, rational and scientific we got more to come with Jonathan, Gene, and Randall. You're in The Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Silver has always been nature's very own antibiotic, and only one system allows you to generate an endless supply of natural silver solutions. SilverLungs.com. You'll find no wild claims or pseudoscience, just a lifetime of nano-sized pure silver solutions. The Silver Lungs Generator allows you to make your own, so stop paying for silver solutions. The unique lung delivery system targets respiratory infections where other silver solutions simply cannot reach. See the Silver Lungs Generator and Lung Delivery System at SilverLungs.com. That's SilverLungs.com. Complement your health with hemp-derived cannabinoid oil. We've always believed that the closer to Earth, the better it is for our bodies. Our hemp-derived cannabinoid oil is phytocannabinoid-rich, full-spectrum, and organically grown. Finally, hemp made easy, clean, and effective. GCNHemp.com or call 877-878-4203. That's right. We cut through the red tape. It's now available at GCNHemp.com or call 877-878-4203. USA Radio News with Dan Naraki. Vietnam says they've detected a new, highly transmissible variant of the coronavirus. The country's health ministry said Saturday that the strain they detected had characteristics of both the Indian and UK variants. Early lab tests point to the new variant being highly transmissible through the air. The announcement comes as Vietnam deals with a surge in infections not yet seen in the country. Vietnam has only reported around 7,000 cases of COVID since the beginning of the pandemic, but more than half of those have come in the last month. And after the defeat of a bill to create a congressional commission to investigate the January riots at the Capitol, one House member is calling on President Biden to take action. 
Democratic Congressman Jerry Connolly of Virginia urged Biden Saturday to form a presidential commission to investigate the riots and make recommendations to prevent future incidents. A Friday vote in the Senate to create a congressional commission fell six votes short of passing on Friday. You're listening to USA Radio News. After illegal border crossings hit a 20-year high in April, the migrant surge has continued without a clear plan from the White House to slow it down. Congressman Jason Smith says too many migrants have illegally crossed into the U.S. since January. The Missouri Republican tells Fox News that the Biden administration's border policies have spurred people from all over the world to head for the southern border. More individuals have illegally crossed the southern border since January 20th than the entire population of Kansas City, Missouri. And you know what what the news isn't talking about is the crossing and just relinquishing themselves to the Border Patrol are not just from Mexico and Central America. They're from the Middle East. They're from Asia. They're from Europe. I saw a family of five from Romania surrender when I was over there. It's just, it's absolutely unacceptable. The world knows that the southern border is open and this is how you can get de facto residency under a, under a Biden administration. This is USA Radio News. I am a non-attorney spokesperson representing a team of lawyers who've helped people that have been injured or wronged. Have you been diagnosed with cancer? Are you one of the millions who have taken Zantac or other generic versions of this popular drug to help treat stomach issues? Then pay close attention to this message. The FDA said it detected low levels of a probable cancer-causing chemical known as NDMA in Zantac and other generic forms of this popular drug. They've banned sales and even removed it from the market. If you've been diagnosed with cancer and you've taken Zantac or a generic equivalent, call the legal helpline now. You could receive a free cash award and have your medical expenses covered. And there's no upfront cost to you. They only get paid if you win. So please call now. 800-998-7173-800-998-7173-800-998-7173. That's 800-998-7173. This is Micah Hanks of the Grayling Report, and you're listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. Jonathan Lace is the PR manager for SCU, and you're in the middle of explaining a lot of things as we go through the history of the UFO field and the phenomenon. Would you go ahead, please? Yeah, I was just saying that, you know, I think one of the challenges for the UFO slash UAP community at large is communicating the history of serious scientific engagement with this topic um, in a way that's as concise as can be on the one hand, but, you know, as thorough as can be on the other. And I think that's a real challenge. But I, I, I want to flag that because I think that um, it's very easy for people because of the sheer variety and breadth of literature that's out there on this topic, I think it's very easy for people who are trying to educate themselves on the you know topic of UFOs to easily be led down paths that don't necessarily have the strongest uh, scientific backing, for lack of a better phrase. <laughs> you know, so you are being diplomatic, aren't you? <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm trying. Yeah. So <clears throat> you're doing um, your job really well. <laughs> I do think that's a real challenge, you know, and uh, that's why I thought, you know, Leslie Keene's book when it came out, um, UFOs, 
um, I want to say 2011, 2012, somewhere around there. I just thought it was an incredibly helpful book. And it's something like that, one volume that highlights, you know, the history of the controversy, I think is, is helpful. And I'm hoping that, you know, um, whoever reads the classified version of this report on the Hill when it comes out, um, I hope that they have access to, you know, to some of that, some of that history. And I hope that's being provided to them because as, as was said earlier, it's not like, you know, all, you know, in, in 2004, we had our first, you know, documented encounter with something that we could not explain. This has been going on for a long time. Leslie Kane's book, by the way, UFOs, generals, pilots, and government officials go on the record was published in 2010, believe it or not. Okay. It was off by a year. Okay. Well, that's all right. You're fired right now. Just, I'm sorry about that. We really <laughs> like you, but you're fired. John Podesta, by the way, wrote the introduction or forward to the book. Yes. Yep. Sure did. And of course, this, this just speaks to the point that actually, Gene, you were making earlier, as well as you, Jonathan, is that generals, pilots, and government officials go on record 10 years ago. They went on record. They've been going on record for decades. Mm. And yet people still are saying, well, uh, I, th- I, you know, I think we've gotten to the point where actually most people think it's perfectly reasonable to think that alien visitation is a reality. And the more people I talk to now, they're just going, well, okay, but why are they here? You know, before we get into a lot of these ramifications, interesting thing to point out here when we look for more information, the kind of people asking for more information, and you think these are the people who would know. I mean, we go back to the 50s, and Admiral Hillencotter was the first head of the CIA. After he retires, he hooks up with Major Donald Keogh, his classmate at Annapolis, and he's on Nightcap's board asking for more information. We have Woolsey, we have Brennan, two former CIA directors asking for more information. And you think, the CIA, the director of the CIA doesn't know? How can that be? Yeah, do you mean the recent statements by Woolsey? Yeah, the recent statements by Woolsey and Brennan, but it goes back to what Helen Cotter said in the 50s. These guys should have known, shouldn't they? Yeah, I mean, you know, you would think that an intelligence agency of the federal government would concern themselves with something flying through our skies that our pilots, you know, number one, cannot identify, number two, cannot possibly hope to match in terms of performance of aircraft. Especially people who are at the top of the heap when it comes to intelligence. Why would they even have to ask that question? Yeah, that's a that's a tough one. I I think a lot of it relates to, you know, something that we mentioned before, stigma associated with it. Um, I think that's part of it. I also think that honestly, until I think the first exoplanet was discovered and I want to say the late 90s or maybe early 2000s. But before that, you know, there was no confirmed scientific evidence that other planets even existed outside of our solar system. Um, so I do think certain advances in science, you know, for example, the, 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 the discovery of exoplanets that are now in the thousands that we know about, um, I do think that it helps to lower the bar of entry, uh, for lack of a better phrase, for people who allow themselves to you know, frankly, you know, I'll say this, allow themselves to spend the time that's required to, you know, 
um, engage this topic in the form of self-study and, you know, uh, finding a couple of good books, watching a couple of good documentaries and, you know, um, actively pursuing this topic. I mean, it, it, it takes time to do that. And I think that, you know, a lot of people just don't have the time, you know, they're, you know, their, their kids have softball games, um, you know, they're, they're going to dance practice, uh, you know, I think for most working men and women here in the United States, um, you know, a lot of them just don't have time uh, to engage the topic in, in, in a way that a lot of, a lot of us have made time to do. The first suspected scientific detection of an exoplanet occurred in 1988. Shortly afterwards, the first confirmation of detection came in 1992 with the discovery of several terrestrial mass planets orbiting pulsar PSR B1257 plus 12. Not okay. a very sexy name. Yeah, so so the confirmation was in the 90s, so I think I said late 90s, so you're fired. Yeah. I know I'm fired again. <laughs> you know, we, we do. I do that to Randall every week. I, fi- I fired him fifty not, yeah. times. I fired I him just, fifty times this year. I just I do, keep I've done it twice a week. <laughs> you know, it doesn't matter. You can do that as many times as he wants. I'll just keep coming back, <laughs> just like the cat came back. Anyhow, where I don't know how we get onto this stuff, but I mean, okay, that's absolutely true. Gene and Jonathan Wright, like, but they predicted that that was probably the case long before they actually proved it. So, you know, they people are also predicting, well, with that many planets out there, there's got to be life. I think it's just a matter of time before they actually find it. Yeah, if, you know, if there's no other form of life in the observable universe, you know, it's been said before, but it, it bears repeating. It just seems like an extraordinarily... Uh, waste of space. space. Definitely, yeah. Okay, here's one for you guys. The United States Space Surveillance Network. Okay, so this is part of Space Force, right? Like, which sounds like a TV show, but apparently it's a real thing as well. Now, okay, the United States Space Force. Uh, Space Surveillance Network detects, tracks, catalogs, and identifies artificial objects orbiting Earth. The program represents a worldwide space surveillance network of dedicated collateral and contributing electro-optical passive radio frequency and radar sensors. Okay, now look. That's just one of the things that they've got. They know what's going on. They have to. There is no way they can't know when they've got that kind of stuff. Right? Yeah. I mean, like, let's get real here. Yeah. yeah. Look, as, we, I, <laughs> as I said, you know, I wouldn't I wouldn't be surprised if there's a, you know, a catalog of 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 tracks, you know. Um, well, that's their job. I just read it right now. That's their job. Detects, tracks, catalogs and identifies artificial objects orbiting Earth. Yeah. Right. So, and this, so they know when one that doesn't belong there comes in. They have to, because that's what they do with all this stuff. So, okay. So we know they're there. They know they're there. We're just not saying to each other, okay, we both know they're there. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. How, how do we bridge that gap, do you think? Before we bridge any gaps or bridge anything, 
We're going to bridge these announcements. Put them together, link them. Find the nexus. Why am I doing that? With Gene Randall and Jonathan, you're in the Paracast. You are listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there's the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream, a dream that turns out to be a nightmare because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the protectors find out more at rockoids.com that's rockoids r-o-c-k-o-i-d-s dot com we've all seen and perhaps use the alcohol-based hand sanitizers have you noticed how it dries your skin and as soon as the alcohol evaporates it's no longer effective GCNteam.com has alcohol-free antibacterial soap and foam meeting or exceeding all requirements set forth by the United States Food and Drug Administration. Come to GCNteam.com, keyword antibacterial, or call 877-878-4203. Do you want to give you and your loved ones premium nutrition right now? Hi, I'm Jamil Bookaboo from TeamGaday.com and the GCN Longevity Health Team. Get your premium nutrition formulated by world-renowned naturopathic doctor, Dr. Joel Wallach at Wholesale, or also become a distributor and earn income while supporting this broadcast. Go to teamgaday.com via the shopping cart or contact form, and I'll get back to you with support personally. That's teamgaday.com with longevity. Teamgaday.com. Hey folks, Tom D for ParanormalDate.com. Are you looking for love in all the wrong places? Now you have a chance to change that by signing up free at ParanormalDate.com. This incredible dating site puts people of like minds together. People who are interested in the strange, the unusual, ghosts, zombies, UFOs, crop circles, and more. ParanormalDate.com was developed for you, people who seek a little more than the other dating services offer. You can join for free by going to ParanormalDate.com. And if you decide you like it and you want to connect with others, use the code GEORGE for a substantial discount. So many people want to share their experiences with the paranormal, the afterlife, the unusual. And this is the place to meet and share common interests with those of like minds. So sign up for free at ParanormalDate.com. That's ParanormalDate.com. Use the code word GEORGE and start meeting others. Get going now and connect with someone you like. Jake was in big trouble with the IRS. He owed how much? 92 
$1,000. Ouch. And the IRS left no room for Jake to breathe. They put a lien on my house, took all the money out of my bank account, took money out of my paychecks. So it was a nightmare. He needed help fast. I figured that all these companies were the same until I called federal tax management. You could just tell they knew what they were talking about. Right then and there, I felt like I had some hope. Stop the liens, levies, and garnishments fast and qualify for one of several special IRS programs that could reduce or even eliminate your tax debt. So, how did it go for Jake? They did what they said they would do. They came through for me. I ended up saving an unbelievable amount. I was so jazzed. I was extremely happy. If you owe more than $10,000 in back taxes, take Jake's advice. Give federal tax management a phone call. If they help me, they can help anybody. Call the federal tax management hotline now 800-503-8625 hi my name is richard dolan you're listening to the paracast Okay, that's all been linked, and now I'm going to separate everything again. Randall, go ahead. Right, like we were saying before the break there, is, is the more that you do dig into this and see what the capabilities are for the various nations around the planet, and in particular the United States with all its advanced technology, to be able to track and identify and catalog these objects, it's just not reasonable to think that they're not doing it, which means they know probably a lot more than we do Mm-hmm. And we already know quite a bit just from all of the decades research that responsible ufologists have done that it's going on. So how do we bridge that gap? Because it seems like if they let us know that they know, then we have to know how they know and that that could maybe compromise some kind of a classified tracking system that they don't really want to describe to the rest of the world. Yeah, I think that's ultimately a political question. And by that, I don't mean, uh, you know, partisan. Um, I mean, political in the most general basic sense. Uh, You know, uh, it's a question of residents, citizens who are concerned about this issue, you know, reaching out to their elected representatives and and the the other people that, that, uh, you know, work for them in, in government, you know, making a policy change. So that's why I say it's ultimately a, a, that the question that you asked is ultimately a political question. I think I've heard people suggest that, well, the report that's coming out, if it does contain the kind of information that would confirm to the rest of the world that alien visitation is reality, that the national security stuff like you know, the super secret satellite that's out there, but we don't really want anybody to know it's there, can be whited out. It can be said, well, okay, we, we're not going to tell you how we know. We're going to tell you, though, that we know. Yeah, that's something that we've actually requested formally in a press release. You know, when the study was done on the Nimitz, uh, the 270-page study, one of the things that our scientists did not have access to was the radar data. Now, we understand that releasing the raw radar data would likely reveal national security sources and methods. We don't want to compromise those. We understand there's a need to protect those. But seemingly, a priori, right, there's nothing that would prevent the uh, Director of National Intelligence, Department of Defense, whoever's purview it is, from putting into that report a summary of what the radar data indicated, 
right? Uh, the radar indicated that the object in question moved X distance in X amount of time, indicating a speed of X and a G-force of X, right? That would really be helpful for the scientific community. Uh, so we do hope that, you know, whatever comes out next month does you know, it's a, I think it's a long shot, but we do hope it contains some additional um, sanitized version of, uh, of what's been captured on radar. Then, of course, if we're going to be responsible and scientific, on one hand, you're talking to a believer here. On the other hand, you're talking to someone who is very much a critical thinker. And when I look at the way that Mick West has debunked a couple of the videos, it's pretty clear that we're not looking at anything that's really that out of the ordinary, like the go fast video. I'm not sure if you guys looked at that one, but it's pretty clear there that this is just not some kind of an highly unusual anomalous object like the Tic Tac. We haven't put out a statement on uh, either go fast or gimbal. I would say that if you listen to the pilot's reaction in both of those videos, it's very clear that they're seeing something that they are not used to seeing. And especially with the gimbal video, you know, Ryan Graves, um, um, who, who is now on Twitter, I think it was yesterday he released or maybe the day before released, uh, uh, you know, about six or seven tweets giving more detail about that gimbal video. And on the gimbal video, when one of the one of the uh, air crew says, look at them, there's a whole fleet of them on the ASA. You know, they're flying against the wind. The wind's 120 knots to the west. Um. Ryan uh, tweeted out that there were actually, I think he said, four to five other craft in front of that craft, uh, the gimbal craft. And um, you yeah, know, there's a whole squadron of the things or something. You know, and they, yeah. it definitely I mean, they were at the very least, they were powered somehow. And unless the wind at that altitude or wherever it was, was going a different direction. But it seems like those people would know that. You they, just they, raised, they, guys, they a big question here. Which is, we've had this stuff going on for years. Surely many people within the military structure know about it, even though CIA directors apparently are not in the know, nor are presidents of the United States. Still, none of these pilots, none of these witnesses have ever been prepared for any of this at all, period, full stop. Yeah, that's, you know, that, that gets back to... The, the the need for um, you know just you know really an education in 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 what the scientific community um, is assessing about you know these phenomena. That's why you know we've made overtures and outreaches to Congress, members of Congress, um, both houses of Congress, and basically said, look, you know this is who we are as, as the Scientific Coalition for UAP Studies. Uh, these are the services we offer. If you ever need, you know, any scientific analysis, any scientific input uh, during a hearing or during during a study that you're conducting, you know, internally, uh, you know, we'll, we'll be happy to uh, happy to assist any way we can. Because, you know, at the end of the day, the data that exists out there about UAP and UFOs, it needs to be public. You know, it, it needs to be um, it needs to be done in the right way. I mean, you know, so in that sense, process, 
matters as much as the policy. So, uh, you know, well, that's kind of what you guys are doing with this upcoming conference is you're raising public awareness in a responsible manner. Yeah, we're, I mean, that's that's certainly one of the goals uh, of a conference like this. You know, we're we're also um, just I think today we're beginning a series of uh, short four to five minute video briefings uh, just called SCU briefings that we're going to be putting out on our YouTube channel. We'll be posting on social media as well. Um, the first one deals with the um, deals with the USS Nimitz encounter. Um, it gives a brief overview of the study, how we conducted the study, uh, and what conclusions that we reached. It also includes a brief introduction to who we are and uh, what we mean when we say UAP. What do you mean when you say UAP? Because, uh, you know, this is a, an ongoing bit of controversy in, in the ufology community, and the SCU used to be the Scientific Coalition for Ufology, and then it went to UAP, and when it comes to UAP, UAP and, and UFOs, we're talking about really two different things, aren't we? I don't know that we are. Um, well, how, I, do you, I, how do you I, guys define it then? Because, sure. I mean, we have the NARCAP, the NARCAP definition, right? And then there's the, what's your guys' definition? Unidentified aerospace phenomenon. Um, and I think we use the term aerospace um, because we want to include things that can obviously travel outside of the atmosphere or are observed traveling outside of the atmosphere. Um, and I would also add to that, you know, uh, the fact that according to some reports, these objects uh, can actually travel um, into the water and through the water at very high rates of speed, transmedium in that sense. Right. But when we use the term UAP, we mean unidentified aerial or aerospace phenomena. Okay, and, and that, that's the acronym, but uh, do you have a, a definition that follows that as to exactly what it means? Because in ufology, we do, and so did the U.S. Air Force, and it was quite specific on what it was and what it meant. Is there anything beyond that for UAP, or is it just more general? Yeah, like, I, think, well, yeah I, I don't think there's a specific definition that we use apart from the fact that you know, this or that object or phenomenon cannot be positively identified. Right. Okay. So that's fairly vague then. And and what what I found is looking at the NARCAP definition theirs is it was very similar to QFO's definition for a UFO, the Center for UFO Studies, mm -hmm. which was pretty good, but it wasn't quite the same as the actual official definition from the United States Air Force for UFOs, but it looked pretty clear that when you're talking about UAP, this could be even some unknown natural phenomenon like, like let's just say, well, some, some bird or sprite or electrostatic discharge that, that causes these things to happen that we have previously not understood. Guys, we will break and have more of this on our next segment with Jonathan, Gene, and Randall. You're in the Paracast. listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Attack of the Rockoids has been well received by critics and readers alike. It's a thrill a minute story you'll never forget. 
A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. Join me, George Norrie, for the Worldwide Contact in the Desert Virtual UFO Conference, June 25th to June 28th. Contact in the Desert is an epic weekend of adventure jam-packed with exciting explorations into UFOs, ancient civilizations, AI, crop circles, forbidden archaeology, disclosure, and the newest evidence of ongoing contact, sightings, and leading-edge science. This amazing weekend delivers more than 130 presentations and special events showcasing 67 speakers from all over the world with two extra weeks to view your favorite leading experts, including Avi Loeb with Clyde Lewis, Linda Moulton Howe, Paul Hellyer, John Lear, Russell Targ, David Childress, Doc Wallach, and more. With breaking articles in the New York Times and acknowledged naval sightings, and more importantly, the new release of classified documents on the day of the soft opening of Contact in the Desert, we are your source for inside information. Join us June 25th at contactinthedesert.com to get your tickets today. Make contact, contactinthedesert.com. Welcome back to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. By the way, Jonathan Lace has a lot more to tell us about the workings of SCU, about the possible implications of this Pentagon UAP task force that we may or may not hear about in June because, you know, the government never does anything on time, right? He'll also be sticking with us for after the Paracast, which is part of the Paracast Plus. To check out more of the Paracast Plus, go to the Paracast dot plus. Randall, let us continue with your discussion. And we're talking about, I guess, the definitions of the various terms UAP. UFO, heck, let's just call a flying saucer a flying saucer. (laughs) As Stanton Friedman would do. But this is pretty important if we're going to look at something scientifically or even with the, the process of critical thinking, because if we don't know what it is we're talking about, we can't really make proper sense of it. What I was saying before the break is that there are these different definitions, UAP, emphasizes phenomena and that it's just simply unknown. Whereas when you get into the definition of UFO, it boils down to an alien craft. The United States Air Force couldn't say alien craft, but I mean, I could go through the whole definition here with you if you wanted to, but it pretty much rules out everything else but that. They sort of took a reverse logic approach to it because they didn't want to say it's some kind of an alien craft. So we'll just say it's not everything else. And they're really specific about it. 
I mean, all the way down to bits of blowing paper and stuff in the wind don't count as UFOs. Stars don't count. Familiar known objects don't count. Birds don't count. Balloons don't count. Kites don't count. Aircraft, jets, flares, exhaust, condensation trails, even lights that were seen near airports that couldn't be identified were not to be reported as ufos they had to be substantially different and seen up close and not be explainable so we're dealing with an entirely different kind of class of sighting from sort of this vague uap thing i'm not convinced that for example, the NARCAP definition is anything that we would disagree with or any of our scientists would disagree with. So, you know, when I use the term UAP, I mean, I, I do mean things that at the end of the day, and you, you use the word explain, you know, th- this thing that's being seen in the air, it's not a plane, it's not a balloon, it's not ball lightning, you know, it's not swamp gas, it's not a drone, you know, after rigorous attempts to identify said phenomena and still no positive identity can be ascribed, you know, I think at that point it's fair to call, you know, something a UAP. Oh, okay. Because in a lot of cases you'll get people, and this just really irks me, you'll get them in the media, you get them, the skeptics love to do this. It's just like, oh, it just means it's unidentified. It's just some vague light off in the distance. You don't know what it is. That's a UFO. That no, is yeah, not no. <laughs> what a UFO has ever been defined as. No, it's, and, it, it, it has to be unidentified. That classification or that categorization as unidentified has to be given only after there has been a strenuous, rigorous, sustained attempt to identify what that phenomenon or what that object is. Only then, I think, are we justified in using a term like UAP or or UFO. And I would say that I think that is one thing that is significant about the statement from the U.S. Department of Defense that I mentioned earlier last year, April 27, 2020. Because in that statement, the Department of Defense says, you know, these objects remain or these phenomena remain unidentified. That's a significant statement. Well, let's just go. Let's just go with the basic statement that J. Allen Hynek said. He says we can define the UFO simply, and this is where it's not so simple. But he goes on to say simply, as the reported perception of an object or light seen in the sky or upon land, the appearance, trajectory, and general dynamic and luminescent behavior of which do not suggest a logical, conventional explanation, and which is not only mystifying to the original percipients, but remains unidentified after close scrutiny of all available evidence by persons who are technically capable of making a common-sense identification if one is possible. Yeah, so both Hynek's definition and NARCAP, and I think anyone that we would use, uh, both basically say the same thing. That classification is given only after close scrutiny of all the available evidence by persons who are competent to make that judgment. Right, and now the United States Air Force one from Air Force Regulation 202, this is all the way back in 1958. It also required that the evidence be sufficient to rule it out. In other words, it's not like the skeptics claim, well, you know, if we just had more information, then we could identify it. But that's not the case. These had to be seen or detected with sufficient accuracy to be able to say, no, it's not that we're not sure it wasn't an airplane. It's that we are sure it wasn't an airplane. Correct. Right. 
Absolutely. Yep. Yeah. Which takes it in a, another step further. And that's where it looks like UFO. When I say alien craft, that could be one of several categories of the larger UAP umbrella, if I'm reading this correctly. I mean, I would take the, the approach that if you make a positive identification of what it is, it's no longer UFO or UAP. You're making a positive identification. You're, make, you're making a positive claim about what said phenomenon actually is. Right. Well, if you call it a UFO, then this, that is what you're calling it. You're saying uh, it is a UFO. It is. And by definition, when you look at this, it is not all of these things, leaving only some kind of an alien craft as the possible alternative. If you're going to assume that's the only possibility after everything else is dismissed, that it has to be alien. But then we could say whether there's some kind of unknown natural phenomenon. We haven't discovered it yet. Therefore, it's unknown. Therefore, a UFO could be that as well. I, th I think it makes it pretty clear that what they're talking about isn't just some sort of vague natural phenomenon. Right. It's we're talking here when you look at it here, it's, you know, there's familiar or known objects. But what sort of a natural object that looks like a craft can pull, you know, 90 G's or whatever it is? Right. You know, I mean, you just don't that just doesn't work. Right. Birds yeah. don't do that. Right. Right. However, it seems like, well, maybe some unknown kind of species of animal might qualify as a UAP. You know, like some strange bird nobody's seen, you know, and it just came out of the forest in the Amazon. And it's really big and it flew flew across the sky and people saw it. But, you know, or, or am I or because this is a general sense that I get is that the UAP phenomenon isn't quite as specific as saying, no, we're talking about alien craft here. I would agree. Yeah, I, I think I think. When we're talking about the scientific study of what we call UAP or UFOs, um, you know, there there is a, a rigor that uh, necessitates, you know, not making uh, such a claim about, you know, an extraterrestrial until you have absolute proof that can be demonstrated beyond a reasonable doubt. Uh, but just just for for way of reference, I mean, when I use the term UAP. Or UFO, I mean exactly the same thing. I mean that you know that that, that there is something being reported, or okay. something being observed. If you don't have a witness, like for example, what Skyhub can capture now with their um, with their uh, cameras, um, or or on radar, there's something being observed or recorded or reported um, that simply cannot be explained by conventional means, and 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 that means after attempts to do so have been exhausted. After all is said and done, we still can't identify it. Um, to me, UAP and UFO are synonymous. We're going to have a lot more to talk about with Jonathan Lace. He, of course, is the PR director for Scientific Coalition. For now, it's UAP. We're getting with the program. And I guess another thing about UFO versus UAP is UFO has that stigma of wackiness. Kind of like originally with flying saucers. Flying saucers, ah, that's wacky stuff in the air. And then we call them UFO to get rid of the stigma, which therefore now is ascribed to UFO. Jonathan, Gene, and Randall, you're in the Paracast. Yeah. 
Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there is the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. If you feel America is facing more dangers than ever, you're right. Things are falling apart, it seems, every day. That's why you need to prepare for more of the unexpected, especially food shortages. When people panic, grocery stores run out of food fast. Would you survive without food for days, weeks, even months? The smart folks are buying emergency food now. Take a moment to shop MyPatriotSupply.com. We're America's leader in preparedness. With over a dozen years' experience, My Patriot Supply has earned over 40,000 four-star and five-star reviews. Our delicious, calorie-rich food averages 2,000 calories per day and lasts in storage up to 25 years, so it's there when you need it. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com, order a kit or two, and we'll ship quickly and discreetly to your door. Don't wait for something bad to happen again. Rather, be more self-reliant and prepared. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com. MyPatriotSupply.com. Frustrated trying to get business capital? Want to take the slow process and rejection out of the equation? GCNLoans.com removes the slow, irritating approval process. Instead, get quick, simple funding. Powered by David Allen Capital, 80% of our pre-qualified clients are approved in days. Pre-qualify at GCNLoans.com and get your money this week. It's that easy. GCNLoans.com. That's GCNLoans.com. If you're trying to quit drinking or doing too many drugs, listen to me. You don't know me and we'll never meet. I had a problem like you once. I drank and used to party a little too much till it got out of control and almost ruined my life. I realized I needed help to fix my problem before it totally destroyed me. If you've tried to fix your drinking and drug problem and you know you can't do it alone, you need to call the National Treatment Advisors. They'll immerse you into a 30-day program to replace your old habits with new habits and totally change your life. And if you have PPO, private health insurance, the entire program may be covered. Fix your problem right now before it gets any worse. Get clean. Call now and learn more. 800-296-1252. Do you want to give you and your loved ones premium nutrition right now? Hi, I'm Jamel Bookaboo from TeamGaday.com and the GCN Longevity Health Team. Get your premium nutrition formulated by world-renowned naturopathic doctor, Dr. Joel Wallach at Wholesale, or also become a distributor and earn income while supporting this broadcast. Go to teamgaday.com via the shopping cart or contact form, and I'll get back to you with support personally. That's teamgaday.com with longevity. Teamgaday.com. 
We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. Then again, maybe we should go back to Flying Saucer. The heck with it. Oh, I was looking up the Air Force Regulation 200 2, dated 12th August 1954. That's the earlier mm. one. Move yeah. forward to February 5th, 1958. They went through a whole bunch of different definitions because they kept getting these garbage reports in, and they were trying to sift out the ones that mattered from the ones that don't. So they've got a pretty extensive one if you move to 202 from February 5th, 1958. And there we're talking official United States Air Force definitions. So I say forget the stigmatization. This is the real thing from the people who were investigating them. Yeah, it's, it's um, you know, this isn't some just made up term. No, I agree. It's interesting. One of my favorite, my favorite UFO documentaries, I think probably of all time, was actually made in 1956, and it's called Unidentified Flying Objects, colon, The Truth About Flying Saucers. So, it, you know, it basically, <laughs> get back to your point, Gene, it, it collapses UFO with flying saucer. But what's great about it is that it's based on the experience of a man who was the public information officer for the Air Material Command of the Air Force, Albert Chop. Right. And it details his experience of going from, you know, relatively, uh, you know, a healthy skeptic to a person who came to the conclusion that there is something going on, you know, in our skies that after we have tried and tried, we still cannot explain what it is. Uh, it, you can check it out on YouTube. It's a, it's great. I think it's right at maybe a little over an hour, maybe an hour and a half. Um, it's a great little documentary, very well done. Um, I've seen it. It's it's good. I love those those classic ones. Oh, it's better like that. They're great. Have you seen James Fox's documentary yet? Oh yes, it's isn't very that well. excellent? Yeah, very I well. mean, yeah. really great introduction to ufology there. Yeah, very very well done. With the this whole UAP thing though, now this is interesting because I completely agree with you that we can't just assume something is an alien craft. I'm just saying for the purposes of Definition. In other words, well, somebody had to define a black hole before they went looking for them or, a, you know, a, a white pulsar or whatever the case may be. These are the characteristics it has. If you find one under this definition, that's what it is. Right. So it, we're not defining alien craft into existence. We're just saying this is what the word means with UAP. Maybe, you know, it still seems to me like there's some more wiggle room. Like, what if we're dealing with not an alien craft, which is like flying saucer, alien craft, UFO, but some sort of um, trans-universal projection or sensor kind of phenomena where what's there isn't really there. It's just looks like something is there but it's it's only a byproduct of them trying to peer back into time or see what's going on and that that could explain a lot of strange phenomena the way that they work and so on like it gets rid of the whole problem with anti-gravity and g-forces and all of that you know so maybe we're not dealing with craft we're dealing with some kind of an illusion 
Yeah, it's, it's like the finger being from a 3D world being put into a 2D world, like in Flatland, right? Well, not exactly, but I mean, it, it's more like maybe holography or something like that, that is coming from some distance or from outside of our universe. So rather than dealing with, with dimensions, you'd be dealing with parallel universes. Some some reports have this idea, this describe this almost like a hole opens up in the sky and and, and something comes through it. It's, mm. it's not, you know, it's not like it, it traveled from, you know, through past the moon and past Mars to get here. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I see what you're saying. Yep. I don't know for sure, but but I think that there's a sort of a qualitative difference there in that kind of alien technology from, uh, you know, nuts and bolts craft flying here and landing, you know, and having tripod marks in the sand or whatever the case is. Right. Yeah. Yeah. We're talking here about serious stuff, serious sightings. Does SCU ever consider the possibility of some kind of a government exercise? And I'm thinking here about Cash Landrum and Rendlesham, some kind of government exercise that got attached to the UFO phenomenon for one reason or another. Do you mean as an explanation of what UAP are? As an explanation as to what those specific cases were. As as to what those specific cases were, um, we have not, you know, formally studied those cases. Um, the only two cases that we have formally studied are 2004 Nimitz and 2013 Aguadilla. Um, well, so tell us a bit more about the Aguadilla case, then, just to bring our listeners up to speed. Sure. Yeah, the Aguadilla case was the result of a video. Uh, captured by Department of Homeland Security uh, flight crew as they were uh, patrolling the airport uh, down in Aguadilla, Puerto Rico. And um, the video was uh, sent anonymously to one of our board members. And that event, actually, of the uh, 2013 Aguadilla um, UAP video was uh, more or less the um, the case that uh, created the SCU. Um, so in that case study, which you can find on our website, um, there is a video uh, that was released um, that um, depicts a craft traveling um, over uh, the airport. Um, at, uh, I think it's in some cases about a hundred, uh, between 80 and a hundred miles an hour. Um, and it travels, um, with no visible propulsion, you know, no aerodynamic features. Um, you know, it's not a balloon, it's not a Chinese lantern, nothing like that. And at one point, uh, according to the study, uh, it impacts the water. And then when it reemerges from the water, it has split into two according to the study. Um, and the, the Aguadilla report uh, is very extensive. And, uh, you know, the conclusions of the Aguadilla report um, are that, you know, um, it, it, you know there, there's really no good um, explanation for what, in fact, is being uh, displayed here. In that video, it, it, you know, it's not explainable in terms of current technology. 
Yeah, I think I've seen some people try to explain that with the parallax effect as, and then as birds that do dive into the water and so on. But you guys figured that that's not the case, hey? It's, it's definitely something uh, unusual. Correct. Yep. This is an interesting part of the phenomenon that some objects are seen to become waterborne drive into the ocean somewhere. More interesting than ever. Jonathan Lace is with us. He is the Public Relations Director for SCU with Gene Steinberg and Jay Randall Murphy. More to come. You're in The Paracast. listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. You've been hearing Dr. Wallach talking about 90 essential nutrients, keeping the body healthy. GCNteam.com now has Beyond Tangy Tangerine tablets, 60 plant-derived minerals, 16 vitamins, 12 amino acids, packed in a powerful tablet. But that's not it. 160,000 auric points, a knockout punch to free radicals, Call 877-878-4203 or go to GCNteam.com. That's 877-878-4203. Silver has always been nature's very own antibiotic, and only one system allows you to generate an endless supply of natural silver solutions. Silverlungs.com. You'll find no wild claims or pseudoscience, just a lifetime of nano-sized pure silver solutions. The Silver Lungs Generator allows you to make your own, so stop paying for silver solutions. The unique lung delivery system targets respiratory infections where other silver solutions simply cannot reach. See the Silver Lungs Generator and Lung Delivery System at SilverLungs.com. That's SilverLungs.com. USA Radio News with Wendy King. The Santa Clara County Sheriff's Office says the suspect in this week's mass shooting at a light rail yard in San Jose had a dozen guns and 20,000 rounds of ammunition at his home. According to police, he set his home on fire as he left for the shooting. On the morning, he opened fire at the San Jose Light Rail Yard, where he worked for nine years. Sam Cassidy was scheduled to have a disciplinary hearing. Some of his co-workers had filed complaints that he had made racist comments. He also bragged in a threatening way to his co-workers about having firearms. Early on Wednesday morning, the 57-year-old showed up during a shift change heavily armed. They say he targeted certain people at the facility. He then turned the gun on himself. Investigators are still looking for a motive. This is USA Radio News. Thousands of residents have evacuated from the Democratic Republic of Congo's eastern city of Goma under threat from another eruption of Mount Niragongo volcano. The Congolese government has ordered up to 400,000 people to evacuate from the capital of North Kivu province. The volcano erupted a week ago. That eruption, which happened on May 22nd, killed over 30 people, and the Goma Volcanic Observatory is warning that there's a risk of a new eruption. After a 4.9 magnitude earthquake in the wake of the first eruption, geologists now believe that Niragongo may vent again. The volcanic eruption and earthquake have threatened an already vulnerable population in eastern Democratic Republic of Congo. 33% of the population is severely food insecure. 
The Niragongo volcano is one of the largest in the world. Last week's eruption was the last large one since a 2002 eruption killed 250 people. You're listening to USA Radio News. Stop aging now. Restore those joints. Boost your strength. Because it's official. Nutramedical has released the most exciting, powerful anti-aging supplement on the market. Dr. Bill Deagle's Red Deer Velvet DR has been approved by the U.S. Patent Office. Imagine stem cell rejuvenation all in one capsule without huge expense. Dr. Bill MD discovered that as an unborn baby grows in the mother's womb, he or she does not deteriorate or physically age. Red Deer Velvet DR, like the uterus, provides 300 biomolecules and six hormones protected in one special DR capsule that delivers lipid packages directly into your circulation. This patented technology bypasses the stomach and is released into the small bowel unaltered by digestive enzymes and stomach acid. Remember, Red Deer Velvet DR. Improve endurance, stimulate your immune system, increase learning ability, and even improve sexual libido with Red Deer Velvet DR. Click NutriMedical.com. That's N-U-T-R-I Medical.com. Or call toll-free 888-212-8871 and get on the road to a newer, rejuvenated, happier you. Robert Hastings, author of UFOs and Nukes, and you're listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. So, okay, let's talk further about this case because of the watery connection. Hey, guys, maybe there is a fair amount of sourcing here that UFOs may have some kind of base below the sea. Yeah, I've heard that over the past couple of weeks, especially as, uh, you know, the um, 60 Minutes report and more news about the 2004 Nimitz incident, you know, makes it out into public. You know, I've heard that uh, being speculated that there's, you know, an underwater base somewhere, you know, near Catalina Island or, um, you know, somewhere on either of the coasts. Well, this, of course, raises a big speculation here. We have, say, spaceships from somewhere. They're from... Alpha Centauri, they left Proxima Centauri before the Great Conflagration, or it's like Krypton in the comic books. They knew it was going to happen a thousand years ago, and they decided to go spaceborne and get away because they knew what we observed was going to happen, and they wanted to get away first. Whatever it is, they're coming to Earth. Where do they stay? Do they stay at Mount Shasta? Do they go into a cave? Or do they create some kind of underwater base? Yeah, it's a good question. There does seem to be some correlation between some UFO UAP sightings and and water. I think maybe the most famous one I mentioned it earlier is the Shag Harbor incident in 1967. Sure. You know, you know that that's a very well documented case described as an identified flying object by the Canadian government. Yeah, it's it's an interesting Interesting question. I think one that, you know, probably deserves uh, some additional study. And also would make it a lot easier for them to stay invisible to us because our efforts at probing what happens in the oceans is not as flexible or as complete as other parts of the planet. Sure. Yeah. Pressure involved. You know, I believe Chris Stiles made the comment that when he was studying the Shag Harbor incident, back in the mid-90s, that he actually spoke with some divers who were part of the the efforts to salvage whatever had crashed. 
and that uh, the divers reported seeing two craft at the bottom of the ocean floor there. Anecdotes like that are, are uh, fascinating. And like I said, I, you know, I think the whole correlation between UFOs or UAP and water you know, is deserving of further study. So what would we do? I mean, our entire surveillance is mostly oriented towards the skies and the borders. Yeah, well, we have, you know, stuff like the SOSIS warning nets in the ocean, you know, electromagnetic sensors. Uh, so we can, you know, detect when an enemy submarine is approaching the coast of the United States. So I do think there is technology in place to potentially detect, you know, underwater craft. But well, in they terms have of- allegedly been detected uh, if you, uh-huh. you know, look at the literature. And I was just watching uh, an interview with Delizondo. And he was saying that these uh, craft can travel as easily through water as they can through the air, it seems. Yeah, transmedium. One of the uh, things he calls the five observables. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, whatever someone might say about Elizondo, he does seem to have been in the system. We don't know exactly in what capacity. It seems like it was in some sort of a leadership position. Why not assume, Randall, he was what he said he was? Well, like Jonathan says, I don't think it's really a good idea to assume much of anything, and especially when it comes to really far out claims. You know, there there needs to be something to back it up. You need to be able to check these things. And from what I can tell, though, it seems like even if we don't know exactly what it was, like where his office was and what that exact title was, and we don't have necessarily a copy of his letterhead, he, he does seem to have convinced enough people that he was in a position to know. Like, what do you think, Jonathan? Oh, yeah, I, I, I personally have no doubt about Lou Elizondo's uh, claim to be you know, working uh, for ATIP. I think he's done a good job demonstrating that. I think a person of the caliber, uh, a person of the caliber uh, like Christopher Mellon has, for example, uh, speaks to the authenticity of Lou Elizondo and the fact that they work together. I think uh, Senator Harry Reid, uh, has produced, I think, it more one, maybe not, if not two, letters, you know, indicating that yes, indeed, you know, Lou Elizondo uh, worked for ATIP. Uh, he was the head of the uh, office at, at uh, ATIP at the Pentagon. Um, so, I mean, I don't have any, I don't have any. I'll put it this way: I don't have any good reason to doubt that Lou Elizondo is who he says he is. I mean, every time he speaks. Um, you know, he strikes me as someone who, um, you know, loves his country, uh, who's a veteran um, and who's understandably frustrated, um, you know, if his efforts to bring what we know now to the surface uh, four years ago were being stonewalled inside the walls of the Pentagon. So I, I, I have no reason to doubt um, Lou Elizondo at all. And we have to remember that when this program was put in place, Harry Reid was the Senate Majority Leader. He had all the intelligence information any member of the U.S. Congress could have. So if he says this guy occupied that position, he'd know. Yeah, absolutely. And um, I believe if I've if I've understood the reports accurately that I've been reading in Politico, uh, that you know. Lou Elizondo is basically, um, you know, um, in some sense, going after uh, those in the Pentagon who have cast aspersions on his record. 
That's the reason for this investigation by the yeah. inspector general and the inspector general's office wouldn't undertake that kind of explanation unless the person making the complaint has some kind of authority and or evidence yeah you know, sure they point. wouldn't just do it otherwise yeah. not some crackpot guy who occupied a low-level position in the government and now he says look what they're doing to me you know, they laugh them off. They have better things to do. The fact sure. that they're looking into it says they take a lot of things seriously about what he says. Yeah, agreed. I'm curious about when you guys were looking into this whole Nimitz incident, and we talked to Gary Voorhees about this yeah. as well. And it, really interesting guest. Uh, and he seemed to be totally on the level as well. The, there was when it was all over these guys kind of you know it's just like something out of the mib these guys with the black suits show up and take what he was calling the bricks like the the actual data from all of the tracks that that were part of his system and like just kind of went waltzing out and into some helicopters and took off yeah like did you guys get to the bottom of exactly you know what that was about and who those guys are, because I think that's really interesting. We've always heard in ufology that this kind of stuff happens. Well, you know, the pilot will say, I had it. I had it in my wing camera and I, I got pictures of it. Then these guys come along, they take the film and you never see it again. But this time something came out. So we know that it's not just some kind of a, a folk tale. These people show up, they take it somewhere, and they analyze it and because it's come out of the department. Yeah, so, um, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely aware of that claim uh, that, you know, people, uh, I think he even says from the Air Force, I think he identified the branch. Um, it basically, you know, showed up in a helicopter not soon after the event and asked for the tapes. And, uh, you know, he was told by his commanding officer, basically, give him the tapes. Yeah. Um, and, you know, but in terms of the focus of our studies, so the answer to that would be no, we did not. Uh, we did not sort of, you know, make it a point to investigate the trail of, you know, what happened to those uh, confiscated. Um, <laughs> oh, that's too bad, because, I mean, you worked in you were in the military, right? So, yeah. I mean, you, it's just like nobody gets to just land a helicopter on a U.S. naval vessel and walk in and say, give me your radar tapes. Right. This had to be cleared through people. One more segment coming with Jonathan, Gene and Randall. And then, of course, he'll be on after the Paracast. You're in the Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Hey, listeners. I want you to have the entire Paracast experience. So I'd like to tell you about After the Paracast. After the Paracast is an exclusive feature for subscribers to the Paracast Plus. With After the Paracast, you never know what's going to happen next. After the Paracast features color commentary, special interviews, and further conversations with Paracast guests. With Paracast Plus, you can download a very special enhanced version of the Paracast also. We do offer exclusive music, videos, and more features are coming. To get more info about subscribing, please visit theparacast.plus. 
Once again, theparacast.plus. Prices are just $1.50 a week, less than a cup of coffee at your local convenience store. Check out theparacast.plus to learn more about Paracast Plus. Anytime, any place, anywhere. Radio remains the most intimate of all forms of media. At home, at work, in the car, on smartphones. Over 90% of consumers still listen to radio every week. That makes choosing radio as a place to advertise your business one of the best decisions you can make. Email advertise at GCNlive.com and partner up with an experienced GCN representative. Advertise at GCNlive.com. Easy, affordable, Effective. We've all seen and perhaps use the alcohol-based hand sanitizers. Have you noticed how it dries your skin and as soon as the alcohol evaporates, it's no longer effective? GCNteam.com has alcohol-free antibacterial soap and foam meeting or exceeding all requirements set forth by the United States Food and Drug Administration. Come to GCNteam.com keyword antibacterial or call 877-878-4203 now with orders to stay at home public health concerns the reality of illness due to pathogens and viruses your health is at an all-time high risk that's why it's critical to take a proactive approach to boost your immune system you can with new nano colloidal silver from americare our patented process with tiny silver particles one one hundred the size of a red blood cell allows for maximum body absorption americare's nano colloidal silver effectively disinfects your body internally attacking pathogens and viruses while supercharging your immune system colloidal silver is antibacterial and antiviral simply put it prohibits bacterial respiration suffocating viral cells preventing the virus from replicating and now due to public health concern americare is authorized to offer our lowest and best price ever around a dollar a day but supplies are limited purchase nano colloidal silver now at immunesupportnow.com that's immunesupportnow.com these statements have not been evaluated by the food and drug administration this product is not intended to diagnose treat cure or prevent any disease supplies are limited hi peter vaccaro for paranormaldate.com are you looking for love in all the wrong places now you have a chance to change that by signing up for free at paranormaldate.com this incredible dating site puts people of like minds together People who are interested in the strange, the unusual, mysteries, ghosts, UFOs, and the afterlife, and so much more. ParanormalDate.com was developed for you. People seeking a viable alternative to the other dating services. You can join for free by going to ParanormalDate.com. And if you decide you like it and want to connect with people, use the code GEORGE for a substantial discount. Mark Rawlings, president of ParanormalDate.com, says so many people hunger to share their experiences about the paranormal, the unexplainable, or the afterlife, and so much more, and this is the source for them to meet and share that common interest. So sign up for free at ParanormalDate.com, ParanormalDate.com, and use the code GEORGE if you decide to connect with someone you like. This is Joshua P. Warren, author of The Poor Man's Paranormal, and you're listening to The Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. So we're looking here at what might be real men in black as opposed to fake men in black. Have you ever considered at all the men in black legends? Me personally, no, I have not. As I said before, you know, there is so much history 
with this topic that I tend to focus on the cases. I mean, the the segues into, you know, possible interventions by government agents, that is all fascinating to me. You know, I, I hope I can uh, explore that further uh, in the future. But my focus, you know, has been really on the cases themselves. And I, I, w- I would just say that, you know, speaking of the data tapes, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, Kevin Day, who was the uh, air intercept officer on the Princeton. He was in charge of the Spy-1 radar. I believe he says the next day when he went to look for the the radar tracks that they had been erased, that he could see timestamps, but the actual data uh, was gone. And this is part of the case, right? So, I mean, you, yeah. I don't think it's really a great idea to ignore this, these aspects of this case because they're relevant to the case. You Being in the military... How do you get on a, a U.S. naval vessel and just erase tapes or just demand tapes and have somebody say, okay, hand them over, without somebody in a position of authority back at the base or wherever they are coming from saying, you listen to these guys and you give them the damn tapes? Like, you just don't do it. Civilians can't do it, right? Am I wrong or what? Yeah, well, I mean, two things I want to say. First is that... If you're told by your commanding officer to do something, if he tells you to jump, your next question is, yes, sir, how high? Exactly. You know, I mean, that is the attitude uh, that you have toward a superior in the military, right? So if Gary Voorhees or Kevin Day were ordered to turn over any kind of data, then my guess was they did it. They uh, did it. Exactly. And they probably didn't ask, ask questions about it. The second thing I want to say is just I, I want to correct what I said. I'm referencing our report now. Uh, I didn't want to speculate or, or misspeak. So on page 14, you know, when Kevin Day came back to check the tapes of the communication logs that they were um, they, they, they in fact were missing. Presumably that radar data, you know, is in the possession of the government. You know, we can't imagine the uh, the well, exactly. Videos existing without the radar data. You know what would happen if a civilian helicopter decided to just approach one of these warships and 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 land? They you would know, not land. Exactly. <laughs> they would right. Land. So, so no. this is what I'm saying. This this isn't something that just could haphazardly happen without some kind of planning from people in the chain of command, and that that evidence went back someplace to where it was being analyzed. It just didn't go, okay, we're going to go pick it up and throw it in the trash or drop it out the, in the ocean out of the helicopter. I suppose maybe they could have. But how would they even know to do that, and why would they? None of that makes any sense. What makes sense is that there is a branch assigned to looking at that specific kind of data with a mandate to make sure they get to it and keep it kind of uh, secret. You know, classified, compartmentalized or something, right? I mean, I'm not in the military, but does that sound reasonable? It does seem to me that there was some awareness by other members of the military not stationed on the Nimitz or the Princeton that apparently knew about this encounter and that had some authority to intervene. Yeah, obviously. I don't think there's any question about it when you really look at it from that perspective. I mean, unless it's all just some kind of legend and these guys are from the military and they're all just making it up. But I I just after looking at all of this, do you honestly believe that it could be some sort of a, you know, a false 
kind of just made up scenario to for some reason to maybe impress our enemies and make them think that we've got all this stuff? Or do you think I mean, it was I, like really happening? Yeah. I mean, some people have speculated that, you know, this was, you know, some sort of test with new U.S. hardware from a black program performed, you know, against our own pilots. I have a very difficult time with that. I don't believe we'd be putting our own pilots in danger um, to test, um, you know, to test, uh, you know, a new vehicle, new technology, um, just just by way of fact. Also, I mean, we relate to the point that I made earlier. If we had that kind of technology, we could use as a cudgel over the heads of a lot of other countries. We could say we've got this Look out. I mean, yeah, that would certainly be, uh, you know, certainly be an option politically for the nation to take. Um, I just wanted to point out that in our report, we uh, we do mention the uh, a number of events regarding missing data. And the third one uh, is mentioned on page 15 of our report. And it says um, that Gary Voris recalls within 12 hours of the event, a helicopter landed on board. He was approached by non-uniform personnel. Who had asked him? To, <laughs> yeah, right. Sorry. Who had asked yeah. him to relinquish all of the CEC information, including radar data, electronics information, data recordings, communications, everything that was not required for the ship's operation and navigation. He requested their ID, but this was refused. He told the men that the captain's permission would be required, and subsequently, the petty officer received orders from the captain to relinquish the information to the gentleman, and he did so. They exactly. are the men in black, the galaxy protectors. <laughs> yeah, this is straight out of some kind of movie, you know, like it's I guess the whole point here is it had to come from the chain of command within the system. Yeah. And, and Jason, uh, Jason Turner, who is another witness, he says that uh, as soon as the ship docked in Puerto Vallarta, individuals came on board because he had the watch duty uh, the following day and he looked at the logbook. But he does not recall if there was a name of a government agency with which they were associated. When asked if it was NORAD, he replied, no. Uh, <laughs> so here we go with the shadowy government agency that can just get on a helicopter, land on a military ship, take away that kind of evidence, and then go off to – do you think that they could do that without having any planning? Let well, me just read the two lines from the song Men in Black. But, yo, we ain't on no government list. We straight don't exist. No names and no fingerprints. Yeah. That's, by the way, Will Smith wrote that song. (laughs) I want to also point out something that I mentioned earlier, and this was something that Gary Voris stated when he was, uh, you know, discussing the fact that the data, the petty officer told him that he had orders from the captain to turn over the information. This is what Gary Forrest said. This is also on page 15. He said, quote, you could literally plot the entire course of the object. You could extract the densities, the speed, the way that it moved, the way it displaced the air, its radar cross-section, how much of the radar itself was reflected off its surface. I mean, you could pretty much recreate the entire event with the CEC data, end quote. Hey, we're just about out of time with our main show. We're going to have Jonathan back for After the Powercast. So tell our listeners where they can find more information about the SCU and that special event. Of course, yeah. So the uh, SCU website is www.explorescu.org. 
And our Anomalous Aerospace Phenomena Conference is going to be held June 5th through the 6th. You can find registration details on our website, and the deadline to register is June the 1st. And the interview with Gary Voorhees on the Paracast occurred on January 12th, 2020. You can find us on Twitter if you look for the Paracast. You can find us on Facebook. We're not cut off from Facebook yet because we don't have such weird stuff. I know some people get too weird and Facebook doesn't like them. Maybe we should. We'll get more publicity. Say something that would Facebook would just, you know, blow up on. You can also find branded merchandise for the Paracast. Just check out the Paracast.shop. That's the Paracast.shop. And we have four different logos. We have the throw pillows and the T-shirts and pet bed. Got to try that pet bed for Teddy Bear. See if he likes it. The Paracast.shop shop the paracast.shop and of course jonathan lace will be featured on this weekend's after the paracast which is part of the paracast plus go to the paracast.plus for quick signups you can sign up in you know 30 seconds or so and if you subscribe for five years or lifetime we have genuine amazon gift cards for you buy anything you want there okay the Paracast.plus. Jonathan Lace, the PR manager for SCU, thank you for joining us on the Paracast. Happy to be here. Featuring Gene Steinberg is a copyrighted presentation of Making the Impossible Incorporated. Tune in next week for a new adventure in the Paracast.